the freedom that you think Bitcoin is affording you only is afforded to you if it isn't connected to you. Time is like, time is the, I mean, people post stupid corny shit like, oh, time is the scarcest asset, but like, you could post that all you want, but like, you need to live that. Like, knowledge without application is just theory. No, you're 100% correct, man. I mean, I, yeah, that's why I like you, man. We we definitely see eye to eye on this stuff. It just, yeah, I don't know. There's like, bro, I don't understand why it's such a hard concept. Like, for people in the Bitcoin space, like just fucking be real. Yeah. Like, just be authentic and like people will follow you and people will like listen to what you have to say if you're like unapologetically real. Right. Even if you're wrong, like I have friends on, on, on Bitcoin Twitter who I've known for years and we don't hundred percent agree on everything, but I know they're real people and that's why I like them. Um, and you know, some of us are here, I think it's all about incentives, man. They're, everybody has different incentives and like the people that are just here to stack and just like, you know, learn and, and meet other like-minded people are the ones I find I resonate the most with or get along with the most. And, you know, I do have, um, I have a lot of friends that are, you know, big followers or whatever they, you know, big podcasters and, you know, whatever, like, like Marty's a really nice guy. I think he's a really like off of his podcast, you know, I think he's a really nice guy. And, uh, um, you know, some people don't like him, but I think he's a really nice guy. Um, you know, uh, Matt Odell, I've always had a good friendship with, um, I've known these guys since they weren't such big guys. Um, but then there's, you know, big accounts that I don't get along with. Um, so, you know, to me, it's more about, like you said, it's like how you treat people and how you treat me and how you treat people like that are my friends, you know, like when I, when people don't know that you're watching and you see them act in a good way, you're like, cool. That's why I like that guy. You know what I mean? So it's, uh, we're in a strange time right now with, with Bitcoin, you know, um, bear market. This is what I, I actually really love bear markets. Um, this is when I start riding, I get more creative. Um, I feel like bull markets is when everybody starts doing podcasts, everybody starts being a content creator and you just get such an overflow of, of bullshit that like, it turns me off actually. Um, and I just kind of sit back and like, I don't know when this time comes though, everybody, you know, the, the, the people, they scatter and they scatter away. And then it's just like, the remaining people like us. And then, you know, everybody's kind of salty. Everybody's over it. We've, we've exposed a lot of lies, a lot of people who were wrong. And like, you can't come back from that. Like these people who, who pushed a lot of things that were wrong, they, in my mind, like they can't come back from this. Some of them bail. I mean, they just disappear um, and they'll be back. I'm sure the next cycle, but it's like, I don't know, man. Like it's the people who stay here that are, in my opinion, like the best people for Bitcoin. Like they're the, they're the real ones. Not all of them, um, but a lot of them, you know? Yeah, it's... <laughs> like, what a lot of people that... And we were kind of like just talking about this, right? So what a lot of people don't understand that uh, come from 
a privileged background into Bitcoin. Um, and <laughs> what they don't understand is that people like us who come from nothing, uh, the only way you come from nothing and make something of yourself is by being able to like read people, being able to like hear somebody and look at somebody and be like, you're either real or you're trying to sell me something. And I think that a lot of people that come from privilege don't understand that because it's not a, I don't want to say like a safety me mechanism, but like, it's not like a survival thing that they needed to like prosper. Right. right. Yeah. And like, I mean, I grew up, you know, I grew up under the pool table in like outlaw biker fucking clubhouses and like going to cookouts where like guys that, you know, literally kill people would like, you know, get you a soda and put you on their lap. And like being around people like that, come like growing up, you know, I didn't take that path in life, but like being around people like that growing up, you learn a lot of like how to read people, what to look out for, how to like, how to analyze people, the way they act, the way they carry themselves, the way they talk. And that is a very helpful skill to have in life. And it's something that like transfers over into Bitcoin big time. Like I, I can follow somebody and within a week I can tell you if that person's authentic or not. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, it's interesting you say that because I, I a hundred percent agree with what you're saying that like, you know, I come from a very simple family. Uh, my dad is a teacher. My mom was a mom. And then, you know, she, my dad put her through school. We didn't have a lot, man. Um, and we always, you know, like, I mean, my, my clothes were bought at like the swap meet and then garage sales and, you know, and, you know, I did get some new clothes, you know, I'm not going to say I was all, but like, that was my life. And, and, you know, I cherish it. I look back and I'm, I'm thankful I grew up that way because it taught me a lot. It taught me to be a very hard worker. And, and that's one thing that you can't take away from somebody who are, are like, when you have someone, when you know people who've grown up privileged, I'm not saying that it's, it's, it's a perfect scenario, but most people that grew up privileged don't know how to chew on glass. You know what I mean? They don't know what it's like to go without shit. Me, I know what it's like to go without shit. I know how, like, I remember when I was young and like all, like the, the rich kids would have brand new surfboards or skateboards and stuff. And I like had like, you know, a, a basically a, a throwaway deck to them. But for me, it was my primary deck and, and like, or my primary surfboard. And I'd have to fix all the dings and my dad would help me fix it. And, but I went out there and, and I competed against these motherfuckers and, you know, I, I would skate the skate park and I would, I would be better than them because you know why? Because for me, I just loved it. And I just wanted to go out there and I just wanted to do it so bad. Like I, it wasn't given to me. It was like, like, I can't explain it. I, I remember distinctly, there was a guy down the street and he sold me his old skateboard deck for $10. And, and like, that was a lot of money for my family to, to put up. And I begged my dad, can I please get it? It was like a Pal Peralta board. And, and I had some old ghetto board. And I remember I got this board and like, it was a, it was a difference maker. Like I started skating better. Um, and it was cool because all of a sudden, 
I'd be skating with all these rich kids and be like, oh, try my board, man. Every try this, try that. And it was weird how all of a sudden the doors start opening when you start to like, I call it my hard work, my dedication at, at perfecting my craft, either at surfing or skating, because that was my world back then. Um, that's where I put my time in because I knew that my identity, my identity and my my status was defined by how I rode like how I actually performed. And so when you cross over that to Bitcoin, I feel it's very similar. Like, you know, you have people who talk a lot, who talk a lot. And I've said this in other podcasts. It's like, it's like the guy who shows up at, 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 you know, the skate park, or let's say he shows up at whatever you're into and he's got all the brand new gear. He's got all the name brands. He pulls up in a brand new car, but he can't do these. He can't do anything. He can't even, he's just a total front like he's just a kook and so to me like that's how I grew up and so I learned a lot and as I grew up I got into a lot of trouble I I like the things that impressed me were were people that were you know uh counterculture um the guys I looked up to were smoking weed <laughs> and doing drugs and and you know like that's what I don't know why because that's what I looked up to and so I followed down that road and and when I was young um, I didn't have a lot of money, but I was surrounded by rich kids who wanted weed. And so I would sell weed and, you know, like I grew a good business in my whole, my whole, like my work ethic. Um, I was all about making sure that, um, that when somebody called me, I was on top of it and that I gave them the weight, the exact weight. I never, I never messed with anybody's, you know, sacks of weed. I would sell quarters and, 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 and eighths. And then, I got really good. And then like, I, like people just like, I went up the ladder and before I knew it, I was selling quarter pounds and then I was selling pounds. And then before I knew it, I was growing weed. And, and then all of a sudden I'm growing hydroponic weed. And then one day the feds raided me and they took me down. Like I was like, literally like the DEA raided my house. And, uh, and I was like, fuck, this sucks. But I had two houses at that time. And so I got busted and I, I've always like looked very young. And so, you know, I, I, it was my first offense and I, I, you know, my family vouched for me. And so I got like a slap on the wrist, but little did I know, or little did anyone know I had another house that I was growing weed in and I never stopped growing weed. So I kept it going and I went to, I ended up cleaning up my act. I, I got myself like into college. I got scholarships and I grew, I took my whole growing operation um, to where I went to school. And I, I literally lived a double life. I had a house in, uh, I had a house in, uh, in right by the school. And then I had a separate house that I was growing weed. And then I would harvest that and I would use that, um, what the proceeds of what I sold to, you know, fund my life and to, to fund me to get through college. And I wanted to be an attorney because, and, and so the, this is all my hard work is what I'm talking about. Well, it all came crumbling down and I got raided again. And so when you get popped for your second time, you know, <laughs> there's no games, dude. Like, and so, uh, you know, I, I remember I was sitting there, the feds actually busted me and the feds, like the state, the state actually is a lot more lenient on, on, on like weed and, and even just like your time served. But like, I already had like a suspended sentence and I was already like in the system with like felonies for cultivating and possession with intent to sell. I mean, I was a fuck up dude. And here I was like 20, 21, 21 years old. And so I'm sitting there and this I'm crying, dude. I was literally crying. Cause I knew I was fucked. And I remember, um, the, the marshals came and picked me up 
And they took me down to the Metropolitan Detention Center in, in Los Angeles. And I've never been so fucking scared in my life. And I remember like they shackled me. I had like, you know, I had it on my feet. I had it on my hands and I had like the chain in between. And I remember we got to this, 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 I remember passing this, this, um, and it's on the way between, um, in central California down to LA. Um, there's a, there's an exit called Liberty, Liberty exit. And I remember passing it while I was in this van, um, in the back of the van with these two marshals going, man, my Liberty is gone. You know, like I'm fucked. And they were telling, and I was looking at literally 12 years in prison for growing weed, like for growing fucking weed, dude. Um, I, and so, Anyway, I get down to the Metropolitan Detention Center and I'm thinking, oh, well, you know, I was just growing weed. They'll just put me in with the with the regular guys. <laughs> and so they put me in this holding cell um, and I'm in there and they like, you know, they fucking put me in my little white suit and they throw me a, a sack lunch of bullshit food. And I'm scared out of my mind. I'm not going to lie. Um, and I hear all this commotion. I hear this slamming and they put this dude in the in the cell next to me and he's like, motherfuckers he's just yelling at him he's all fuck you i'm never gonna see freedom for the rest of my life fuck you and he's just like screaming and i'm like oh my god like what they're gonna they're gonna definitely put him in a different place than i'm gonna go so so like anyway uh i end up um we get you know the metropolitan detention centers it's it's a like a a building where you go up and down um you know levels of 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 like it's like a a building with like 15 floors. And so anyway, they, they, the marshals come and get us or the, they're not the, they're correctional officers. They're actually federal Bureau of prison um, officers, which are a lot nicer than state prison correctional officers. Um, And so I get into this, I get into this elevator and sure enough, there's this fucking guy, this monster guy. And like, he was huge black dude. Like he was fucking (laughs) like five times the size of me. And he and he's yelling at these guys and, and he looks at me and he's all, what the fuck are you doing here? He's all, you don't belong here. And he's all, he's all, I just fucking robbed my, I just robbed like six banks and I'm never going to see the light of day again. And I'm just sitting there like, what the fuck, God, please. And so anyway, I'm just tripping out and I'm like, well, they're going to take him to a different, you know, they're going to take him where the bank robbers go. <laughs> so anyway. We get to like, uh, I think it was like floor 10 and they open the doors and they're like, okay, guys, <laughs> basically she was out of the freaking the, the elevator. And I'm like, my eyes must've been huge. And, and that dude wandered off and did his thing. And, and then some, some dude, like, it's really weird. And in, in, when you get into these situations where like, I believe in energies and like some guy just saw how scared I was. And I even heard these dudes going, look at how scared that guy is. And I'm like, fuck, man, I'm going to get butt raped. I'm going to be <laughs> like, I'm fucked. And it was like your worst nightmare. And so this one dude, he's like, look, man, I got an open bed in my cell. Come on in. And like, he talked to me and he was um, like, I don't know, dude, God works in weird ways. But like, he connected me with this dude. The guy was totally legit. So the next day I have to wake up, I have to go to my arraignment trial. And so, you know, I go through all that. And when I come back, I'm back in my cell and someone comes to me and they're like, yo, such and such wants to talk to you. And I'm like, who wants to talk to me? And they're like, you know, the guy you came in with last night. I'm like, okay. I'm like, is he going to fucking rape me? (laughs) Like, (laughs) Like, what the fuck? I don't know. And so I went to his cell and he sat me down and he, he, he's all look, motherfucker. 
He's like, you don't belong here. You're green. I can tell. He's like, you can go outside. You can make a life for yourself. He's like, I will never, ever get out of prison. He's like, do me one favor. Get your shit straight and fucking clean up your act and never come back to this place. He goes, because you don't want to deal with motherfuckers like me. And it was weird. Like, he gave me this, like, scared straight speech. Like, it was fucking weird, dude. To this day, I, I can't make sense of it other than, like, like, divine intervention giving me a message. So... Short story long, the way the, the the federal prison system works is, you know, they they have a grand jury and they have to indict you. And so, like, I had, like, two public defenders for the federal, the federal system public defenders are actually a lot better than uh, than the state ones. So, anyway, they got me, my, they, my parents, like, you know, they didn't have a lot of money, but they did have a house. So, they were able to put up a house for me. I got out. And in the meantime, I'm in college. And so, anyway, I, I. I get out of, I, I literally get out the next day and I had this like surreal experience. And so I'm like, okay, I'm just going to, I guess I'm going to go back to school. I was in summer school. Um, and so I go back up to summer school and I'm trying to concentrate on my classes and, you know, my whole world is imploded. And so I was interning for a law firm at the time. And so it's like weird. I was living this dual life here. I was just slanging weed and like to, to college kids. And all of a sudden I got myself in so much trouble. I'm looking at 12 years in prison in federal prison and I'm like, well, I guess I'm just going to try and get my degree. And so I ended up uh, I ended up going to my internship and I remember I got a call and I, and, you know, I had to wear a tie, like I, I, I had to wear a nice shirt and slacks and stuff. And so um, I was back. I was actually I went to my class that day and I was on campus and I got a call from my attorney and they're like, look, we have some really good news for you. <laughs> and I'm like, what's up? And the grand jury has refused to indict you. And I'm like, what does that mean? That He goes, they go, that means they've dropped the charges. And that's kind of, it, it actually makes sense because it was LA and it was weed. And, you know, like I was young and like, so the grand jury of lay people in LA, they're going to be like, fuck that. We're not going to send some kid, some college kid to, to prison for 12 years. So I was like, oh my God, are you kidding me? Like, what the fuck? Like, is a weird moment in my life. And so they said, but wait a minute, that's not it. That's not all. They're like, the state's going to pick back up those charges. And uh, so you need to be careful because the agents who arrested you um, are, they want to take you down and they want to like, and they won't be nice about it. So like, they're looking for you. They have, there's a bench warrant out for your arrest. And I was like, Oh fuck. And so I was like, I was crying, dude. And I remember I went to my, uh, my, uh, uh, my, my, law professor's classroom and I just cried. I was like, I'm fucked up. <laughs> you know, like I freaking grew weed and I oh, got this going on. And she's like, whoa, 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 slow down. She goes, you know what? She goes, this is who you need to call. She goes, he's one of the best attorneys in town. He's handled this case in this case. He can help you out. I will make a call to him. She goes, but I want you to, I want you to go and stay at a friend's house. And I want you to, to like not go anywhere. And I'm like, this is a, one of my professors basically telling me how to freaking like, you know, get out of like, you know, whatever you call it, get, you know, get away from the cops. And so I was like, okay. So I remember I was like, I left her office and I went to my friend's house and I'm like, I'm sitting at his house and he was one of the friends who was dealing weed and stuff. And I probably shouldn't have gone there, but I'm a fucking idiot. And so I'm sitting there and I'm in the front yard and, and he was like a, he was like a, um, a skinhead kind of guy. He wasn't like a racist skinhead, but he was a skinhead. And so we're just sitting there and he was smoking a, he was smoking a cigarette and like, you know, he was the guy who wore the, 
the pants with the fucking suspenders and the white shirt and he was like anti-nazi skin you know that's why i liked him because i don't like racist and uh and so i'm sitting out there with him and i'm telling him what just went down and out of the like i had this weird sense and out of the corner of my eye i see this black suv and a minivan creeping up on me and like in a split second, they just stop. And I see like six fucking agents jump out of the, they're, they're called, um, NF, what is it? Narcotics task or NT, narcotics task, NTF, NTF agents jump out of the car and they're like, Mr. Blah, 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 freeze. And I, and I looked and I fucking just ran through my friend's house. I ran through the back door. I jumped over the fence and I just kept running and I kept running and I kept running. And I had this friend that I just randomly met. He was in one of my classes. He was kind of a hippie stoner dude. And I fucking came knocking on his door. He had like huge, he had huge uh, hedges around his house. So when I went through his gate, like you couldn't see me and I had run like three blocks. And so I'm like, I knock on his door and he, he opens up, thank God. And I look at him, I'm like, dude. I go, I'm really sorry to, to, to bust in like this, but the cops are chasing me. Do you think I could stay? Here? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, sure, dude. He's like, my roommates are gone for the summer, man. He's like, you can take this. Like, I have this little spot for you upstairs. And so like, dude, like I went upstairs, I, I crashed out and kind of like the adrenaline and everything stopped. The next day I called that attorney. Um, I stayed laying low for like five, four or five days um, the attorney worked out a surrender, um, to where they weren't going to like brutally take me down and lock me up. Like I, I, I basically didn't have to even go in. I just, I, I ran, I used my, my credit cards and I, I paid for my bail. And so I kind of like was sitting in limbo. Well, how this story ended was I ended up graduating from school and, um, well, we ended up, um, I ended up getting convicted for cultivation, um, which to me, like, it's kind of a stupid felony, but like cultivation, cause it's now legal in, in California. But, um, basically I appealed it because the cops were really like, they did some shady shit, but when you're in the system, they don't care. It was my second offense. And, you know, I had professors writing me stuff. I had like, you know, I had all kinds of letters, like, don't send this kid to prison, you know? And I remember the judge looking at me, he said, you know, it's really great that you have all of this support system. He said, but you know what? Like, unfortunately, I think you need to go learn a lesson. And so he sent me to state prison for 16 months. And so, but he, he allowed me to finish school. And so like, I had like a three month, uh, like a, a grace period where I had to then surrender myself to do my sentence. Um, and, and so I ended up losing the appeal I ended up graduating school and like all my friends are like, you know, they got jobs, they're going on their summer stuff. And like me, I'm going to fucking prison. So I graduated fucking college with like, like cum laude, like, you know, with honors, like, and literally everyone's going to live their best life. And I had to go serve a 16 month prison sentence in the state of California. And so I remember like my friends, they actually, um, they had a party for me and like they made a cake and they put a file in the cake. <laughs> you know? And so, you know, like literally, um, yeah, I had to go do that time and it was the fucking scariest shit I ever had to go through. But honestly, it's what made me who I am. My mental toughness of going through like that whole process of my life. Like I never knew that I was, that I could achieve bigger things. And so, 
like, I remember when I was in prison, it was really, really scary. I mean, like, I mean, I wasn't in like the nice prison again. I, I thought the same thing. Oh, they're going to put you in with all the, the weed growers. No, man, I was in there with fucking, I was in a level three, um, you know, a level three prison with fucking gangsters, like, you know, like murderers, like assault, rapists, you name it. And, and, he, and I was basically, I got lucky because I got, I bunked right next to uh, the, the Sureño, which is a Mexican gang, a Southern gang in California, um, the shot caller. And he liked to play chess. And so I would, I would play chess with him because I was good at chess. And like, there was a lot of people in there that weren't really, they were working on their GED. So like, I just learned to use what I learned from school. And so everybody has a nickname in prison. So they called me Keebler, like Keebler elf. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, Keebler? <laughs> you know, and like, and so I would, I would tutor people and like, it was cool, man. Like, but like prison is a whole fucking world, dude. It's a gnarly world. And like, I was not, I was like a normal, like, well, there's a lot of normal people. That's the mis, that's the miss, um, like, you know, people don't understand that prison is full of actually really nice people. There's obviously some really bad people. It's just a lot of people who've had drug problems or just made, made bad mistakes. And so I was like, the kind of person that shouldn't have been there. I ended up, um, luckily, you know, aligning with the right people and, and, and being schooled by the right people. And I was able to keep my behind intact. Um, and so when I got, <laughs> well, I literally was like, I never got into a fight. I almost had to get into a fight. Um, but like, that's the thing in there. And what they taught me was like, if, like, if you're going to, if someone's going to, if someone's going to test you, you have to fucking, you have to like, defend yourself because if you don't defend yourself then it's going to be a hundred times worse so you got to be willing to take the beating and so i remember one time we were playing pinnacle and we're at a table and like this this kind of punky like just a, a guy that i could fucking kick his ass to be honest he was talking shit and like prison kind of changes you it's a different mentality like you you cannot let your guard down at all and you have to be very good at reading people and so like that moment he started talking shit and then like you know, we were playing with this other group and, and this, this dude, he, his name was, um, his name was fucking Chevy or something like that. That was his name, Chevy. And he was like, he, he was this white, white dude who was just like white trash, freaking, you know, wannabe outlaw biker kind of guy. And so he was like pumping it up, trying to get us to fight. And, uh, and he's like, the dude started testing me and he, and, and Chevy's like, what are you going to do about it? And I looked at him, uh, I'm all, don't take my fucking kindness for weakness. And I fully was like acting dude. Like, I mean, well, I would have had to fight and I was ready to do it. And, and the dude's like, oh, it's cool. Cause he saw it in my eyes. I was fucking ready to go, dude. And we, they would have just taken us to a corner and we would have scrapped it out and we probably would have not gotten in trouble. Um, but I was ready to do that because I had to prove myself. But at any rate, I'm not like embellishing on this. I'm being very genuine and telling you like it was the fucking scariest time of my life, but I learned so many life skills in there. I mean, I learned how to read people. Um, I learned also about respecting my myself. And, and, and when I got out of prison, I made a deal with myself. I am going to never, ever break the law ever again. I'm going to fucking work my ass off and get like a really good job and, I'm never going to fucking even smoke weed or do any drugs ever again in my life. And so I remember I got released. Um, and when I got released, um, like I, I immediately started applying to jobs and, uh, like 
I got an interview with this like political consulting firm and, and they're like, oh, we want to interview you. But I had no suit or nothing. So I remember like I was literally two days out of prison and my mom takes me to like some men's warehouse and gets me a suit. And I'm just cracking up because like in my mind, I'm like, dude, like this is fucking a trip. And then like I ended up getting this job and that was the start of my career. And and, you know, I've gone on to 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 found a couple companies and like that stuff is a is like in the past i actually i got it all expunged from my record now so it's not even on my record but like it was a fucking scary time and the reason why i say this is because it taught me so much it taught me how to read people it taught me that in every situation it isn't about how much money you have or whatever some of the kindest people i know were just people who just fucking like i don't know i don't know why they helped me i don't know why i i i can only attribute it to like maybe me and who I am, like I was, maybe I projected a good energy and they, they felt that energy and they, they just felt that I was a, a person that needed to be helped. And so I I've taken a lot of those life skills um, with me and it's, it's molded me and, you know, I'm, I'm older now. And, you know, I, I used to not, even, I used to be embarrassed to tell this story, but I tell it because like anything is fucking possible. Like, like I came from that dude, like, you know, you come out and like, I got the, I remember um, I left the political consulting job and I got a job with a, a big food manufacturer as a sales rep, like a dream job. Like they had company car, like, uh, they had like, you know, fucking benefits. It was like, it was a fucking cakewalk dude. And so I remember, um, you know, you fill out the application and they're like, have you committed a felony? And I'm like, yeah, I have committed a felony. It was only growing weed, but like, you know, I had to check the box. And so I'll check. Yes. And so I'm like in the third interview and then, the, and so then I'm, I, I had to go to the fourth interview and I'm meeting with like the main, like district manager, like the big wig guy. And, and so we sit down and we're in a Denny's and, and, and he's talking to me and he's, and we were having this great conversation. And he's like, I just, I just want to ask you, he's like, I noticed you checked the box that you were convicted of a felony. Um, can you explain that? And I'm like, Oh fuck, here we go. <laughs> you know? And I'm like, well, sir, I was in college. I was really dumb. I, I grew some plants. I got in trouble and it's all behind me. And I just left it real simple. And he goes, and he just, his eyes went all big and he's like, well, you know what? He's like, I used to do methamphetamine and I was an addict. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm looking at him going, dude, you're fucking gnarly. Man. You know, Boom. Like, freaking tweaker, <laughs> you know? And so <laughs> anyway, they hired me. And so that was my real start into the corporate world. Um, you know, I, I, I learned so much from that, but like, I guess what I want to say is like, all of that experience made me appreciate hard work. It made me appreciate like the, the feeling of making my own money and like, like, you know, being autonomous, not, not like doing it legit was my way of doing it. And so, you know, and that's, this is old stuff, you know, from there I, you know, I went on and I, I founded one company and, um, and, and I ended up selling that. Then I got in, I, I started, I built a gaming company, which I sold and, you know, like, now I'm at a point where I can tell this story and say like, you know what, if anything, I don't regret my past. It made me who I am. And so how does that relate to Bitcoin? It means I see through people and I have a fucking secret power. And my secret power has always been, and what's made me successful in my companies and anything I've ever done is my ability to read people and my ability to, to basically like, I don't take bullshit from people. Like I am a hundred percent real. And like, you know, like some people love me, some people hate me, but I don't give a fuck. Like, I really am not here to make anyone happy. Like I'm a really good guy and I know who I am in my heart. And, and if, if you're a shady person, we are not going to get along because 
I can sense that. I and 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 the people who fool me on that, like, and you know, there's people who can get past the spidey senses. Those are the people who make me the most mad. And so, in in we, how do we get into Bitcoin and how do we relate this to Bitcoin? Well, to be honest, like I'm able to see people for who they are, and that's why I think I connect with plebs. And plebs are, in my opinion, the regular, hardworking, average people who are in this for the right reason. And like, I don't know, like, you know. I've been writing in this space for many years. I know a lot of big accounts and, and I really respect all those big accounts and those people for what they've done. And I have no beef with them, but the ones that I don't respect are the fake people. And you know who those people are. Like, I mean, I always bring up Pedro, like that dude is cancer. That dude like literally would be butt raped if he was in prison. Um, he would not make it in there. Um, I don't know. He's not real prison cute. You know, he'd definitely get his ass kicked. Well, yeah. If you got somebody that's doing a long stint, Probably. Yeah. Yeah. They would take, they would take his food and they would oh, put yeah. him on, they would put him on lame status is what it's called. And yeah, lame he's status never eaten is, his fruit cup ever. Yeah. It, it, you know, and, and they would steal his, they would steal his clothes. They would, they would make his life miserable. Like he would literally probably go into PC, which is protective custody. Um, and I watched this man. I mean, I, I mean, it sucks, dude, when some dude is, is getting fucking raped, like, and you can't see it, but you know, what's going on. And you can't do anything like I had to experience that. That is traumatizing, dude, because in your mind, you're going, that could fucking be me. You know what I mean? I can't fucking go out that way. And I literally I literally told myself I, I made the commitment to myself. If anybody ever tried that shit with me, I would literally die before I would let that happen. I would fight until as hard as I could until a guard came and, and broke us up and pulled us away. But oftentimes the guards aren't there. So I would, I would have fought to my death. And I, I mean that from my whole heart because I watched, I watched what happens to those kind of people, dude, they roll them out of the fucking, they roll them out of the block, dude. And so I guess what I'm saying is all these lessons have taught me a lot and they, they hardened me at a very young age. Now, you know, that was 20, 20 some years ago, maybe 23 years ago. Um, and so that was a long time. It's like a whole nother lifetime ago. It's not, it's nobody who I am. I'm not proud of the mistakes I made. Um, but they made me who I am. And, and, you know, so I am a real motherfucker, dude. Like there's like, value there though. Right. So there's, there's life skills that you gain and there may be other experiences that you can gain that stuff from. Right. But the, the same way you were like talking about that experience, right? Like I, you know, I came from a place where I knew a lot of people like that. Right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there's, there's life skills that you learn that sometimes the dude that is going to like drop a gem on you, he's going to like say something to you that just clicks would be a dude that you wouldn't even look at twice. Like you wouldn't even hold the door for him going into like the grocery store in, right. you know, in the normal world but you get put in a certain situation under certain circumstances. And that dude that you thought, whatever you may have thought about him, it turns out like that dude just drops a gem on you. Like that guy that got locked up with you. Yeah. You know, and you're like, he saved my life. Holy shit. Exactly. I, I literally believe he saved my life. He, I, I, he made me realize that like, like what people don't understand in, in, in life is like, people play these games. Like, you know what I mean? They LARP or they, they play these games and they don't understand the consequences 
And like, I had to reap the consequences and yeah, weed is not a big deal. Like it's legal now, like where I, you know, it's legal in California. Um, so like, it's really a strange way to think about it that like, I was, I remember being locked up and like, you know, you smoke weed, right? Like, I mean, or maybe you don't like, but I mean, you've been around it. Um, I mean, it's not a very, like, it doesn't feel like it's illegal. It just feels like it's a normal, but it was illegal. And the fact is, is that was the law. And yeah, I didn't agree with it, but like, I didn't agree with it, but like, and I, I ignored that law because I thought it was not a, not like, you know what I mean? Like, but fuck around and find out. And so all of a sudden I was left to have to pay the consequences. Now, what if I would have had to do 12 years? I would have yeah. done, I would have done, I think you do 70% or yeah, I think, or maybe yeah, 70 or 80%. I think it's 80% in federal prison. Um, in, in state prison, you do, you get half time. Uh, so I did like, I did like with all the time that I had previously done, I think I did the actual about close to five months and then I got early release. And then I remember I, I went to my parole officer and he looked at me and he goes, you, <laughs> he's like, what are you doing here? And I'm like, I agree weed. He's like, well, look, you keep your shit clean in 13 months, I can discharge you from parole. And so I got to discharge my parole in, you know, in a year. And then I, I got my card that said I was completely free of the prison system, which because that's the worst thing about the prison system is once you're in a lot of these people, they'll violate you for nothing and you just stay in. But like the bigger takeaway from all this for me is like, I'm not, I'm not like using this as something to brag about. I'm just saying that like, it taught me to understand, like to always respect everyone. You, I respect everyone. I don't care where you come from. Like, I don't care if you're a fucking, the guy who comes and mows my lawn to uh, a billionaire that I, and I know, I know a few billionaires, like I, I treat everybody the same. And I think that experiment experience taught me that it, it's like, you know, money doesn't make you a better person. The more things you have doesn't make you a better person because I met some motherfuckers who had my fucking back there. And like, they had no reason to have my back other than like, that's all we had. We had each other and we were each other's family. Um, you know what I mean? When you're away from your family and it's real in there, man. And like, there's consequences to stuff. And like, sometimes I feel in, in Bitcoin, people don't realize they talk all this game of like, Oh, I'm a fucking cyberpunk and I'm this and I'm that. But like, at the end of the day, you know, these motherfuckers will literally piss on themselves. If any heat came their way, like they would not be able to fucking handle it. Soft as baby shit inside. Dude, like. I'll be honest to you. When, when I first walked, I remember this, I came into the state facility and, and, you know, they dress you out and it's fucking dude. It's, it's really fucked up the way they treat people. And I remember they, they, I'm walking like, it's the, it's a fucking out of a movie, dude. Like you're walking down the, the, you have all these yards off, off of the main course court, the corridor, and there's razor wire. And I'm walking and I'm looking and I'm just seeing fucking like the gnarliest vatos, the gnarliest black dudes, the gnarliest white dudes, like straight out of a fucking movie. And I've got my I've got my fucking my bedroll with with my to- my little toiletries and, and my little they, they give you like a half roll of toilet paper. And fucking, Did you and have I, that clear shit they give you that you have to like wash your hair and brush your teeth with the same shit? Yeah, dude. And then <laughs> actually they gave us fucking toothpaste powder. They didn't even give us toothpaste. Nice. You had, to, you had to you had to buy that from the commissary. And so anyway, I'm walking to this thing and I remember in my mind I said I can't do this. Like in my mind I go I cannot do this. And and they walk me into this fucking dorm like and there's like 200 people in there. There's 100 on one side and 100 on the other side and it smelled like a fucking stinky ass gymnasium. 
And I'm literally in my mind, I'm like, I cannot fucking do this mentally. And I did it. And I guess these experiences gave me the mental toughness, um, not only to, to realize I can do anything, but they also made me appreciate freedom. It made me appreciate that, you know, like I may not agree with some laws, but like at the end of the day, you fuck around and find out like when you, when you are looking at fucking real time, like all of a sudden you will change your mindset and how you approach things. So my approach to life is probably a lot different than many um, because I'm a real, I'm a person who understands consequences. And I think there's a lot of people, not only in this world, but in Bitcoin and in, in shit coins who've never had any, um, what do you call it? They've never had any um, adversity in their life. And they never had, and, and, and I, I see them play up, they play these roles and they actually make themselves believe these roles. And it's like, those are the people that I like, you know, I kind of just, I can't even take seriously, man. So anyway, I don't mean to get all like into my, my fucking prison past, but like, it really did make me who I am and it made me the man that I am. And it's, it, I have, I have a ton of respect. Like that's one thing you learn and you know this, cause I know you know this, but like respect is everything, man. And so I respect everybody until I have a reason to not respect them. I try not to judge people. I try to put myself in other people's shoes because quite honestly, people that are filled in prisons, uh, most of them are drug addicts who just made mistakes. Um, obviously there's some very bad people in there. Um, but for the most part, it's just, people who fucked up a lot of good people who just did stupid shit, you know, and, and, you know, they were on drugs when they did stupid shit. Um, one other story, I got a funny story uh, before, before we move on off this subject. So, so I'm sitting there and it was like, um, you know, you kind of meet your friend groups. And so there was this dude and like, I mean, you can just picture him. He's like fucking six, five. He's like, he's, you know, he's in his blue jeans. He's got his wife beater on and he's a white dude. And he's got his fucking, um, he's got his mullet dude. And it's, and he's, you know, he's got his mullet and it's all, he's got his freaking his, uh, his, his hair wax and his hair and dude, the dude was huge. And I didn't, I didn't understand what was going on, but like, he just saw me as a mark. And so he came on to me, like not in a sexual way, but he was like, Hey homie, like, where are you from? And he's like, I heard you're from this place. And I said, yeah, I'm, that's where I came out. And so they call it like, if you come out of the same County, you're riding in the same car. He's all, man, we're, we're riding in the same car. And he's like, yeah, man, if you need anything, just let me know. And he, I remember he gave me a Walkman and, and he's, and I'm like, oh man, really? That's like, I just needed to escape. And so he's like, yeah, man, just go chill on the yard. And I remember I went out on the yard and I'm sitting there and I'm like, kind of in like over in the corner, like with like one dude that I knew and these dudes are playing handball and like, the dude like they're they're Aryans and so like they've got swastikas on their back and I'm like dude it I'm like this is like my reality it felt like I was watching a movie but this is my reality and I, I put the Walkman on and fucking it's Black Sabbath fucking I forget what it War Pigs yeah. <laughs> and I'm listening to this song and I, and and I get the chills telling you this because I had this fucking surreal like experience of like holy fuck look where I'm at and and so anyway that was a trip. Um, so anyway, this guy, he gave me his Walkman and so I gave it back to him. And so what I didn't realize is he was fucking manipulating me. Like, um, he saw me as a mark. So then, you know, you get your canteen. So I go and I get my canteen. And when you go get your canteen, people may not know what a canteen is. It's where you can, it's commissary. You can go in and they have a list and you can pick stuff to buy. Well, a lot of people don't have money to buy shit. And so if you have money to buy shit, like you're a mark. 
And so like, and so you have to go across the yard and then you have to walk in like, like, you know, like a, those bags that are like a mesh bag that you'd put balls in. Like, so you, you go and that's your laundry bag. And so I walked across, they filled up my canteen and I'm walking pa- back across the yard with like all my shit. And like, of course, everybody's clowning you. They're like, they're like, Hey man, fucking break me off something. And so I'm like, and you have to be hard, dude. You like, if you're like, if you're, a, if you're a lame dude, they will literally just come take it. But luckily I had enough, like I met enough people to like, you know, give me, get enough respect to where no one fucked with me. So I get back to my, um, to, I get back to my, um, you know, my, my bed and you, you get, you get basically a drawer <laughs> to get to put shit in. So I'm like putting my soups in there, my, my Zuzus and Wham Whams is what you call them. Like, you know, a candy <laughs> bar and shit. I know, you know, these terms. And so, uh, anyway, the dude comes over and he comes and he looks at me and he's like, he's like, Hey man, can I get a soup? But he was my homie. So I'm like, okay, here you go. Well then the next day he came over, Hey man, can I get a soup? And I'm like, okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like two times, two days, like, like I only have five of these and now you're going to take half of them, but he's huge. And so then, then I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, what am I going to do? And so the next day he comes back, he goes, he goes, Hey man, can I get a soup? And I'm a man, like, honestly, nah. And he's like, well, what if I just take it? I'm like, well, that would really suck. <laughs> he goes, well, what are you going to do about it? And I go, what are you going to do about it? And like, he's like, I'm going to throw you off this fucking tier. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, oh, fuck, this shit's getting real. Like, that <laughs> is fair. And I looked at him. I'm like, well, that would really be bad. And, and like, honestly, but if you got to, if you, if that's what you think you got to do, then that's what you got to do. And so he fucking, he, he let, he didn't do anything to me. He, he, cause he, he was on short time. He was looking at like 30 more days. So if he was to do that, he would end up with a fucking another probably two years. So at any rate, and just a little backstory, like the guy had was like, he had been in juvenile hall. He had, this was like his fourth term. Like the dude is like, he knew the system and he knew I was a mark. So anyway, I stayed away from him. And so he, he was my friend. And then he became like the biggest fucking bully that you could ever have the worst bully of ever. And so everybody on his side, cause we were on different sides of the tier, um, that w- there was a, like a bathroom in the middle. And so anytime I walked on the other side to his, his side of the tier, he would start fucking talking shit to me and like bad mouthing me. And then people would be laughing. And so I thought they all hated me and I'm like, Oh fuck, this is getting really dangerous. I'm just going to chill and just do my thing. I'll keep tutoring people. And uh, so at any rate, um, I'm sleeping one morning and I feel this kick on my bed, kick, kick, kick. And I open my eyes and it's him <laughs> and He's staring at me. And I'm like, I'm like, Hey man, what's up? And he's like, Hey, and at this time they started calling me professor. Hey, professor, I'm out of here. And he like, he goes, he goes, uh, he's like, you keep your head on straight. And he shook my hand. And I'm like, yeah, man, good luck. <laughs> you know, fucking. And he left. And I was like sitting there going, oh my fucking God, thank God this guy's left. This guy left. And so then I like, I'm like, oh man, I hope, I hope these other motherfuckers that slept around him, they're next to his bed, aren't fucking still hating on me. So I walk over there and like, they're all, what's up? What's up, professor? They're all, are you glad that such and such left? And I'm like, yeah. And I didn't know how to answer. And I'm like, I, I kind of am. And they're like, yeah, we are too, man. That dude was a fucking asshole. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but 
the point I'm making is that's how manipulative it is in there, man. Like, and so like this shit was life lessons, man. I learned this at such a heavy level where like literally my, my fucking safety was on the line. And so I don't know, you know, I was, I was damaged for years after that, dude. Like I still to this day kind of have some PTSD at moments from it. Um, you know, I really do from, you know, getting rated by the rating two times by the, by the DEA um, and going through all of that, it traumatizes you, whether you want to acknowledge it or not. And in my later life, I've, I've, I've definitely dealt with it, but like, I learned so much. And, and I guess the takeaway from this is that like, like, I feel like that was my superpower that I was gifted from these experiences is just really being able to, uh, be a, have a high level street IQ and, uh, 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 as well as to be able to read people and, and, you know, to also have a lot of respect. And I, I think, you know, I give respect where it's given. Um, and I'm not afraid to scrap with anybody. I mean, in my older age, I, I'm not going to do that because I have a, I have a baby and stuff. I can't be that guy anymore, but like, I'm not afraid to speak my mind and tell you to fuck off because I don't care. Like I, I, I know, I know what men are capable of doing and I know what I'm capable of doing. And that's not me trying to flex. Like I'm some badass motherfucker. If anything, I'm a very humble guy. But like you fuck with me, it's on. <laughs> yeah, it's and listen, it maybe, you know, obviously not to like the same degree, right? Or or in the same way, but like Bitcoin and more so uh like aimed at the influencer class of Bitcoin is a it draws a lot of similarities to that. Yes. Where where you said like my safety was like on the line. Like it is the same thing when it comes to like Bitcoin and influencers and sponsors they're taking and the shit that they're shilling, like your financial well-being and safety is on the line. And like your, the chance of whether you're going to make it or not is your ability to like read people's intentions. Yeah. And, you know, and a lot of people can't do that. And that's, you know, that's a big purpose that the toxic maxis like us serve is, you know, we blow the whistle on people who are not, you know, they're bad actors. Well, in the world, it's a great, I really like this segue because I don't want to just fucking talk about my past my past fucking yeah i got plenty i actually have like a handful of prison stories and i was like uh and i was like you know what we'll 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 shift well when we drink a beer sometime we'll talk about those but yeah what you're saying though is absolutely correct and i i see so many similarities in life but like in bitcoin like it's no different than the way like a prison system is run you know you have gangs Um, you have, you know, various affiliations and stuff like that. And the reality is, is the bad actors, um, you know, it's a game of power and, and like in Bitcoin, what I see is where the power structure lies is like corporate shit coiners, corporate Bitcoiners. They are the ones who like unethically, I ethically, the, some of the corporate Bitcoiners aren't bad people in my opinion, but there are, the corporations are the ones who and the and the shitcoin projects are the ones who fund these influencers. Um, they literally pay them, and these influencers basically shill bullshit. And so, like, we are the filter to be able to filter out that bullshit and check them. It's like it's like almost like a like if if we're not here to check that and to to speak out against that, 
um, there's a problem. But what the what the bigger problem is is like it's very powerful when they control this influencer network and they control the narrative. Like you know, shit coiners used to be the ones that were shitting on maxis, but now you're starting to see podcasters do it and and like Bitcoin podcasters. Oh, we need to be like this woke. Like we need to be inclusive and we need to be this and that. It's like no, we don't. No, we fucking don't. If you're a fucking idiot, you need to be called an idiot. If if you are scamming people and like you're a super nice guy, but you're like you're playing both sides of the fence, like you deserve to get fucking eviscerated. Like you do. And so that's my big issue here is like, and and what I like about maximalists and and plebs, pleb maximalists and toxic maximalists, all the same, whatever you want to call it, hardworking Bitcoiners, um, whatever you want to call it. What I like about this crew is that we see it and we we can we can rise up against it and there's always a some relentless relentless plebs out there who will not bow down they literally will call it out and they will go up against anybody whether it be you know the ceo of swan like that's the latest like drama in bitcoin you know like swan is um you know they they're now like having Peter McCormick and like Breedlove. Bro, it's business. Yeah. Right. So- it, it's incentives. Like, where do the incentives lie? Right. So that's funny that you bring that up. Right. Cause like I've been in a couple of group chats with Corey and like he, he, he can talk shit and like shit posts a little bit, but like there's always a motivation for it. And when he started like calling out all these scams, I was like, in my head, I was like, bet it's coming like he's gonna do some shit that's like against the ethos that he's trying to say that he has right and it's a matter of time and you know he props to him like the way he did it you know slippery he called out all these scams and like called out all this shit for months like he played the long game and then and then all of a sudden it's you know mccormick and nat burnell and it's like, yeah, the, oh, big fucking shocker. This is my problem with that. And it's not that these people are bad people. They're corporate Bitcoiners. And, and what I don't like is, you know, they want to control the narrative. And like, for me, like Breedlove, like I, I used to talk to that guy and I used to think he, I mean, I think he's a really smart guy, but like I kind of, after the longer that you kind of see him operate and you, you kind of saw, saw some of the stuff that he did with like BitClout, and some of the statements he made, um, you know, in, in some podcasts where he kind of let it slip, you just kind of realize that this guy, like his whole goal is literally, he just wants to be like a, a talking word sal- salad philosopher who, you know, um, basically gets paid to do this. Um, and he fools a lot of people. Um, he and, and he's smarter than he is. And so, and then you have like a Pedro who's very similar. Um, he's more of a marketing sleazebag who, who, Basically, I don't even know how he got into his position. And Natalie, I don't really know Natalie. I just know that she's just like a like a an intelligent woman who found this as a niche. And and I think Pomp gave her his her start. I don't know exactly her story, but I I, I just feel like these people they're here to sell you shit. They're here to fleece, not fleece. I don't want to say it in a negative way. Like they're not like intentionally want to fleece you, but they're here to make money on you. They're not. They're here to make this their career. So yes. their incentives they're driven by different incentives. And the problem I have is so like, because they're, you know, they can amass these big followings and they all work together to like, to like give them these big followings. And these people's voices, 
like they're not the voice of Bitcoin, but yet they're positioned and propped up as the voice of Bitcoin. And so like all these conferences have these people come and people are, and, and so like they put up these people, they, they, they prop up these people and these people get more following. And so we're in this very like fake fucking like thing where like these, like Bitcoin has changed since I've been in it. Like this isn't like the face of Bitcoin to me. The face of Bitcoin to me are like, the plebs, the maximalists, the fucking, the people who like are in the trenches, who literally have a job, they're sitting here just stacking every extra, um, you know, dollar that they can make. Like they're, they're doing this for their future because, and because they know that this is the future. That's who I relate to. I cannot relate to this fake marketing bullshit. And unfortunately people say, oh, and when you go and you call this out, like they attack you and they say, oh, well, you know, you're, they're just a, like they onboarded so many people and they they did this and they did that but I'm they're like, net positive they're Shut net the positive. fuck up i hate that like okay no like they are your marketing pawns and so anyway this is one of the biggest problems in bitcoin is this whole influencer circle jerk and it's a very alluring thing because i mean at the end of the day like if if you're just some fucking rich kid or you're some college kid and, and, you know, you, you, you've never had any struggles in your life. You've never really worked hard. Um, you know, you come into Bitcoin and you make a little money, you, you know, if you're fucking 20 years old and you have 50, 60 grand, you're rich in your mind, or, or you have these other kids who maybe made their million when they're 25 or whatever, like they've never had any adversity. All they know is this. And so then they're like, well, how can I fucking make a job out of this? And so, and, and this is what happens. And so we get these fucking soft, like people like running this shit, which is fine, but their incentives are aligned with the corporations or like the the Bitcoin the the Bitcoin corporations. They're not in aligned with our incentives, and so then they they bang their marketing drums and and they bang the circle jerk, and the narrative starts to get spun, and and all of a sudden you're just like, this is this is not the Bitcoin I I I signed up for. Like you guys are like evolving this into like something that it's not. Like reality is, is Bitcoin is hard money. It's it's about personal sovereignty. Um, it's about understanding the fundamentals. It's it's not about like like Nick Carter, for example. He's a fucking rich kid. Okay. He's never fucking worked a hard day in his life. I mean, I'm not gonna say he doesn't work hard because I think he is a hard worker, but like he's never had to fucking dig dirt, is what I call it. He's never had to dig ditches, he's never had to fucking sweat because daddy's he's a never rich kid. wondered how he was gonna eat his next meal. That's like right. my gauge. Right. Like it, if you've never been at a point in your life where you're like, wow, I'm hungry and I don't have money in my pocket to eat. Dude, okay. At twenty three, I had just gotten out of out of prison. <laughs> <laughs> I had I had to file bankruptcy. Um, you know, I had nothing, dude. Like I literally lived in a fucking shithole, and I worked at a shitty ass fucking job, and I was happy because I because I was free, and yes. I grinded. I fucking grinded, and I always kept kept this kept my mind thinking of that I can do better than this and I I always pictured and envisioned myself like I didn't know what manifesting was but I manifested where I am today through hard work and dead of fucking cation dude like I didn't get here by coincidence people say oh well how are you successful well probably because I worked 20 fucking hour days for 10 years like you know what I mean like it wasn't by coincidence work, bro it's, it's because of work so when I when I see a guy like Nick Carter and I think he's a very intelligent guy. Um, but when I see him do what he just did, 
you know, I could see it happening because I, I was actually, I liked Nick. Nick was a really nice guy when early, he didn't even write, dude. He was just a nice guy. Um, he dabbled in shit coins. He was very smart, very articulate. And then I watched him, you know, he got his, he started getting more followers. He started writing and, and, and he became Nick. Like he dropped the glasses, grew a Chester stash. And, you know, he started speaking at every conference and everybody started fawning over him. And that's kind of when I was like, dude, this guy's like, this is fake. And then like, and then we watched what he did and like, and really he's, his ego got so big and he got so butthurt because people called him out for like the shit that he's pushing, um, you know, chain analysis, all this stuff. Like, dude, like you start to see this guy is, isn't fucking genuine. And now, and this is what I can't stand is when I entered the corporate world, when you start to work with these type of motherfuckers, I call them Ivy league Bitcoin or Ivy league, you know, Ivy leaguers. Um, they will use their degree. They will use their connections to basically fuck you basically is what they will do. They have, they won't do it to your face. They'll do it behind your back. And like, look what that guy did. He melted down publicly and then he's gone on his PR tour. Like, you know, he had his Forbes article. He's been on, you know, podcasts, like my star is going to continue to rise. And it's like, all he's doing is continue the narrative to shit on maximalists. Like we're not the problem, dude. You're the fucking problem. Like we don't like you. Like, it's okay that we don't like you. Go be a fucking shit coiner and do what you do and just do it. Like, like own it. Like I would respect you more for that versus trying to fucking spin the narrative. And that's what happens. And this is what I'm getting at is these people, they're so disingenuous that they literally try to use their clout. They use their following. They use their connections to try and like sway the public opinion. And I guess what I'm finally seeing is that, that, that plebs and and regular average hardworking Bitcoiners and like toxic maximalists, Bitcoin maximalists, whatever you want to call it. We've grown <laughs> to a point where like we're here and you know what? Fuck you. <laughs> you know what I mean? And we can go back to Corey. Like I think Corey's starting to feel it. And I feel like Corey's a very slippery guy. I think he's a nice guy. I think he's very articulate, but he tries to dangle one. Like I, I said this to him in, in the taco chat or taco plebe chat. I said, Corey, like, so like, are you like, just going to tell us what we want to hear? But like, you just told us, like, you're going to go and, and say, oh, you know, Pedro, like you're, you shit on plebs and plebs, plebs are actually vital to Bitcoin and blah, 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 blah. And I go, so you just said that all so that we'd be like, oh, cool. You're cool. But you're still going to have this guy. Like you can, you can't see that he's a disingenuous tool. Like, why would you have him at your con? I, I even said, I mean, why don't you have like a, a younger person who's like, like a younger person who's respected do it like why do you need pedro well you know why he needs them because pedro sells tickets and that's what it's about for all these motherfuckers I but get even it. that like who the fuck buys a ticket because pedro is hosted like no it, it well, i i think where the incentive is is that pedro has the plug for marketing money yeah you're right he brings, and, out, he brings in uh, all that shit. He yeah. brings in hot dogs and beers for everyone, as I call it. Exactly. And Bitcoin Magazine's fucking Miami conference, the same thing. Like, they have him because he can bring in all this extra shit. What's and a bummer like, about that, about that conference, in my opinion, is like, like, and I don't understand why nobody talks about this. Like, nobody talks about this. Like, Bitcoin Magazine, okay? I know a lot of people that work at that place that are very good people who have nothing to do with that con that that um, that conference. I know that conference. I, I, 
they always tell me, like, I know people inside that company and I respect them. And so this is not to shit on them, but the people who run fucking Bitcoin and what makes me mad is everybody's so complicit. Like they gave, what is it? Novogratz, the Celsius dude or Luna dude. Um, they gave him a fucking platform. They gave fucking, they give all these motherfucking straight up scammers platforms and they amplified their voices to pitch this bullshit that literally got liquidated. And like, Nobody talks about it. Every and like to me, like if I did that, my reputation would be torched, and I would never be able to to like show my face. But in Bitcoin, it's weird. Bitcoin magazine, Bitcoin magazine, yeah, man, Bitcoin magazine. And I think like you know, I mean, I don't know, man. Like I'll be honest with you, and I, I don't mean to just shill our shill our shit, but that's why we started Pleb Underground. Is because where's the place? Where's a place that actually supports pleb shit? I mean, Bitcoin Magazine claims they do, then they do. But like, you support that, but you also support all these fucking monkeys. Like, to like, a degree, they do. Right, to a degree. Because they when everything it. blows up and Bitcoin Twitter's on fire and it's a controversial quote unquote topic, they're the first, the people, the well known faces that are, when you think of their name, the first thing that comes to mind is Bitcoin Magazine are fast to jump on the side that the influencers are citing. Oh, totally, dude. Totally. Fast. Because you know why? And, and and it's real simple. Because they all go to these fucking, I call them the horse and pony show. They all do the conference circuit. So they all know each other. They all fucking hang out with each other. They've all met each other many times. This is, And so, you know, they've let personal relationships and business relationships cloud like being authentic and, and actually having a spine. And I see this all the time and you can't pick and choose when to be. And I'm not, it, it's people who say, Oh, but the purity test, it's not a purity test, dude. Like it's values just, and morals and, a, <laughs> right. and integrity. Absolutely. And so I don't know, you know, it just uh, upsets me that like, like more people don't speak out against that. Like, and like, like, I don't know, like, where do you go to get like real content? Like there's some cool content, like, you know, like, like your, your podcast, you don't get enough like people. Like, I think you need more exposure. I think a lot of plebs need more exposure. I would rather, and that's why we started Pleb Underground. I'm not trying to, to, to market this shit. I'm saying like, that is the whole point of it was to like, look, all right, motherfuckers, you got Bitcoin magazine, you got Pedro, you got all this fucking circle jerk of influencers. Well, guess what? We got plebs. Like Citadel is actually the flagship of fucking pleb content, in my my opinion. Absolutely. And so, you know, and I, Pottle Knot's a, a, a very close friend of mine. And, you know, I've, I've helped him with it. I written in it. And the only problem I had with it was that it's every other month. And I feel like there's, there's not enough content. We need to like up something in the intermediary. And so I, I kind of had this vision of like, um, why not create a, like a place where like we just allow plebs to, contribute and and it's like our voice and like and if we can build this thing if we all like work together with our little small little followings i mean for example like pedro he fucking tried to shit on me the other day um the dude has four hundred and eighty-seven thousand followers and i have like i don't even know how many i have i'm i don't even know i let me look because i've gotten i've got my account deleted and i got it back i have nine thousand three hundred. um whatever that's actually impressive. I didn't realize that. <laughs> I'm like, wow, you, all right. You somebody, Pyro. You somebody. I guess I'm a, I'm a, uh, but my point is he's shitting on me. 
And I was like, fuck you, dude. Like, like literally the guy with the, the big follower account is going to cry like victim because I basically, you know, said, Corey, why do you have this? Like if I said, Corey, if, if you actually cancel Pedro at your show, like the marketing boost that you would get because you were actually Swan was actually the company to say, we're not going to have this guy because he's just like, he's not a good actor when it comes to like a good actor in terms of, of, uh, you know, Incentive. being being nice to everybody he's only nice to people who support his narrative um and he's shown this i mean he's a status he's freaking pushed vaxes he's put he literally freaking uh he he sided with the australian government um you know about you know um you know their controls on their people like that's who he sided with like that's who this guy is and this is the guy you're going to put in your con your your um your conference well to me like he saw that tweet. I said, you know, and he got mad. So he, he tried to chirp back at me to like, he always does this. He always panders victim to his following and he got ratioed by us, by all the plebs. Um, and you know, a whole dialogue started and, you know, at the end of the day, like, I'm not in this to like be divisive. I'm not in this to like shit on nobody, but like, dude, we got to have these serious conversations. Like, right. Don't we like, why aren't we having these serious conversations? Why do we let a Bitcoin magazine get away with like letting a guy like Novogratz? And I mean, there's many more of these, these shit coiners they allowed on stage to pedal. It's, it was a shit coin conference. Like, why do they allow yeah. this? And why do we put up with it? Absolutely. Absolutely. I had an exchange exactly like that with Pedro. And the funny part to me was like my, I don't know, I'm on like, my fifth account or my sixth account or something. I get nuked all the time. Uh, <laughs> some like sometimes on purpose, you know what I mean? Like I'll post right. something and like, before I hit the send button, like I already know. But at the same time, like I don't give a fuck about followers. Like I don't, right. I don't give a fuck about like, I don't give a fuck about the account. Like I've been through enough accounts at this point that like, when I start a new account, like the people who like, I give a shit about following are going to follow me. Right. So like, you know, I had an exchange with him and I like, I don't know. I think I have like 300 followers right now on this account. It's like a month old. We need to get more on that, man. And it's like, well, I mean, the podcast account's been up since like this time last year. I think there's like 1200 followers there. That's good. But he like started in and I like, I like clapped right back at him because I, I don't give a fuck who you are. Right. And he like, he's like, I, his, his response to me was, I don't even know who you are. And dude, I have been waiting literally nine months for him to say that because nine months ago we were going at him, like me and the meme tars were going at him. Right. And he fucking followed the podcast page. Like he follows the podcast. Oh, wow. So he was like, I don't even know who you are. And I was like, you don't know who I am, Peter. And I posted a screenshot of him following the podcast. I'm like, why do you follow my podcast? If you don't know who I am. That's awesome, dude. That's a and great it, story. It was like in a thread with him and Jason Williams. And it was funny because Jason Williams liked the comment. <laughs> like when I posted the picture of him following me, like, shut the fuck up, bro. You're just saying like, you're trying to pull like the, like you just said, you're trying to pull the, I have 460,000 followers and your account's a month old with 300 followers. I don't even know who you are. Motherfucker, you know who I am. Like I've been, I've had many fucking, like I've memed the shit out of you and I've had many fucking disagreements with you over the entire time that I've been on Bitcoin Twitter and you follow my podcast. So don't fucking play the, like, I'm so big that I don't even have time to know who you are. Bullshit. Right. Come on. Like, no. And like, 
you know, we've seen it happen before with the plebs and it's a beautiful thing that like, you know, when we had like Mike Alfred came around and he was like trying to fucking use his fiat credentials to be like, I'm somebody important. And the plebs like, what did we do? We went into his follower list. You you never underestimate people who have nothing to lose. Like people went into his follower list and started scrolling through all of his followers. He had like 150,000 followers or something. And people went through and scrolled through. And sure enough, you get to a certain point in that list and it's all Chinese bots accounts. Oh, of course, man. Yeah. Page after page. after, And they what did what did the plebs do? The plebs took screenshots. 15 yeah. screenshots of fake followers and started posting them. We're like, you, dude, you don't have followers because people want to hear what you say. You have followers because you bought them. Right. Like that's what it all is, dude. It's all smoke and mirrors. And, and, and that's what I guess I'm trying to get at is like, we don't really have many trusted sources of fucking information. And I feel like the only way, the only trusted form of information we have is each other. And that's been our like safety net is like, using the pleb filter or the 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 hardworking everyday bitcoiner filter whatever you want to call it some people don't like the word pleb so, but I, I just to use all these terms interchangeably because it's all the same people we're just regular people who are doing this and people don't like the word pleb that can't accept the fact that they have whether you like it or not <laughs> you are a pleb right you are not walking in anywhere and pulling out something out of your wallet that says look i'm exempt from all the laws Right. Like you have overlords, whether you fucking like it or not. Right. Right. No, you're absolutely right. And and it, it, it gets back to the point I'm making about like, who do we trust? Well, we trust some podcasts. Um, we trust some writers who write independently. Um, and like, other than that, like we have to go to these shithole fucking websites like Coindesk. We have to go to uh, I don't really go to coin desks. Um, we have to go to Bitcoin magazine. I really don't like to go to Bitcoin magazine. So where do we go? Well, I really love it when people will like, you know, post something on medium or in, in Substack or whatever. And so, you know, that's what, that's where I like my signal to come from. Um, like podcast that, and then just like networking with, with trusted, you know, Bitcoiners that I've known. And I know that they're, they're not, I, I mean, even some that who are here who have different incentives, meaning, you know, like, like they, they have a business or something. I'm not going to shit on them because we need them. Um, and if they're running a fair business and they're doing a good exchange of services, like I have no problem with that. It's the people who perfume the pork and, and do shady shit. Um, like for example, like compass mining, like, come on, man. <laughs> I mean, that's a perfect example of a fucking shady company. BlockFi. I mean, these are the companies that in my opinion, who fucking gamble with with regular hardworking people's money? And what is so disingenuous is the circle jerk and corporate corporate bitcoiners, or I call them corporate bitcoiners and corporate podcasters. And I mean that's my term for them, marketing marketing podcasters. Their whole incentive is to be paid by these companies to shield their wares. And unfortunately, people people lack the fucking spidey senses or the radar to see it for what it is. Like look at pump. For example, I wrote an article the other day, pump, pump quit. Um, and he only quit his live show and he, he cited, Oh, you know, the time. And you know, I hate the fucking news. And it's like, dude, no, like literally like your fucking business. I'm, I'm sure he's probably made a lot of money off this shit, but like BlockFi is imploding, uh, Celsius, uh, 
or was it Celsius or was it Luna? I don't know. He was involved in some of this stuff. But my point is, is also we're in a bear market where like a lot of the shit that he's invested in is probably really in the dumpster. And so like, dude, if this was the bull market, there's no way he'd be quitting like the, his live show. Yeah, and no, not at all. So now what he's doing, he's going to he's going to record content in his little studio and he's going to do it pre-recorded and he'll be able to edit it clearly, but he's still going to do the same marketing shit. And <clears throat> what I can't stand is people who are like, oh, but he has good guests. It's like, okay, yeah, maybe he does. But like, if you don't realize that he's a marketing podcast and what he's doing is literally selling you shit through an advertorial is what it's called, advertorial. He's he's selling you advertising through an editorial, editorialized advertising. It's a very clever concept. And it's actually very genius. I give him, like, Pedro does the same thing. And, and so that's where we're at. Like, where do we go for information? Where do we go to find trusted information? Like, where do we go? Tell me. Yeah. No, you're I right. I don't know. You I'm know? glad so, to see that you that you guys have done what you've done. Cause like, you know, me and a couple of plebs got into it with Bitcoin magazine, um, like right after the conference this year. And we started a page on Twitter called pleb magazine. Oh. And we were like, yo, this is what, you know, we had these that. big plans and we were like, this is what we're going to do. And then it, like, it never came to fruition. It's hard. So it, it's good to see, like, I, I was so happy when you hit me up and you like told me what you guys were going to do. And I was like, this is the, it's the same vision that you were talking about was the same vision that we had for this thing that we were going to create called pleb magazine, you know, and it was like me and Fuckboy and optimist and like Greg Zaj and like all these people were like, yeah, we need a source for the plebs. Like we need that. Right. And then it just like, it never happened. And then like to hear you like come through and like, be like, yo, this is what we're doing. It was like, fuck. Yeah. Like this is what we have been waiting for. Like, this is what we need. We need a place where, you know, I'm I'm not the kind of guy to say, like, we need a place where my podcast gets exposure because I don't give a shit about it. We do need to to elevate this. But there's shit out there like talking in bits is a fucking great podcast. Right. Mm -hmm. There's, you know, uh, BTC June does a great podcast. Like there's all these small time podcasts that like have pure signal. Right. That just they have the same idea that I have. And like, we talked about it the last time you came on, which was like a year ago where I was like, I'm not going to take any sponsors. And you know, these guys are the same way. And like, that's a big reason that they don't show up as a promoted tweet or they don't, you know, you don't see a lot. Uh, it's hard to find their content unless you know where to look for it. Like max, right. bit, max bit by bit does one. Uh, none your business does one. I like, like, him, yeah. They're all great, great content. And it's like, you know, there's, we talked about it last time you were on. Like there's, right. there's a the lot reason of reason I don't take that shit is because I don't ever want to be in the position, you know, and, and we talked about a similar situation with a friend of ours uh, prior to the podcast, but like, I don't ever want to be in a situation where somebody feels like they can pick up the phone call me and tell me what I have to do. Right. I don't ever want to be in that position. No, you're, you're absolutely correct. And you know, I'll just give a little backstory and, and, and so people can understand what we're talking about. So like, you know, I last or years and years ago, 2017 ish, 18, I started writing for hacker noon 
and I met the founder and, and they were, they were small. And, um, uh, he said, Hey, I really like your writing. You know, do you want to help get content? And I said, well, I only want to do Bitcoin content. And so at the time they were in a different place and, and I really liked them. They, they gave me a lot of freedom and I, I tried to bring in writers and it was a great place to showcase my writer and writing. And they did like thing on all tech, like from like, you know, JavaScript to like freaking whatever. Well, then, you know, 2000, you know, the 19, 18, all this, and all the shit coins started rising and there was new shit coins, new shit coin products, new this. And so they started really getting into that. And like, so I just felt this moral difference that I, I didn't feel comfortable inviting my Bitcoin maxi friends <coughs> to a site that shield shit coins. And so I like those people. I wish them the best of luck. Um, and that's great, you know? And so when I ended that relationship, um, that's when Citadel started. And so me and Hodlnot, um, you know, we, uh, we, he, he started it with Katya, his, his, his girlfriend. And, uh, you know, I said, Hey man, I want to be a part of this. And he's like, for sure. And so I have been a part of every magazine that they printed since the inception. And so I really kind of had like a little, a little release and I got busy with life. I had a baby. I got, you know, I just life, life going on. So that was what I could contribute. And so as we were in the bull market, like I said, I just saw so much crappy, um, content. And as the bear market, I, last bear market the in in 2018 19 um i started the bear market diaries and like i did it for me like and i did it for plebs or or just you know people like us uh, whatever you want to call us i'll just call us plebs um and so you know i didn't really think that it had an impact and what was weird is people kept telling me hey man are you going to do that again you're going to start bear market like they always whenever the price goes when bear market diaries and i would just be like fuck like you know, I'm like, I, I probably should do this. And so then when the, when the price got real down, you know, like I was like, fuck it, I'm, I'm going to start it up again. And so I did. And I started it up like maybe a, a couple months ago, maybe a month and a half ago. I think I'm on number six. Um, I'm about to drop. Um, and so I really didn't have a place to go with it. And um, so I was like, I'm just going to do a sub stack. And so I started putting on sub stack and I was like, holy crap, I'm getting actually some decent traction on this. That's kind of cool. Um, and so, um, you know, I had this idea and I simply Bitcoin, um, you know, Nico and, and, and Phil, um, and Optimus, um, they were doing that. And so they were like, Hey, you want to create a, a new site for us? And I was like, I'm kind of, I think that sounds kind of cool. Um, and so I started working with them and those guys are awesome dudes. And, you know, like Phil and Nico, they, you know, Phil, um, stopped doing the podcast and Optimus stepped in for his piece. And, um, and you know, it just like, I don't want to be part of like, I didn't want to be part of that. I guess I, I, I really respect those guys and I think they have a great signal. I think they do a good job and, you know, I, I like them. It has nothing to do with that. Um, I just, I just wanted the independence to like, to do whatever I wanted to do and, and to not have anybody over my shoulder. And, and so Phil had left and I, but I didn't like, you kind of said like, Oh, we try to do this, but like, you know, it's hard to find people motivated. So I was like, Phil, Phil was like, I'd be interested in doing that. And I'd be like, really? Um, and I'm like, well, let's try it. And so we just kind of started throwing the idea around and, you know, we came up with the name pleb underground because we don't want to be like some mainstream site and our main goal was to like build a collective of, of like, I call it a collective of independent content creators um, and give everyone a voice. Like 
like even memers, like, you know, memers, um, YouTubers, podcasters, writers, um, even people who, who just want to do this, like, you know, Frito 2X, he's got the children of the corn podcast. Um, great guy. Um, he doesn't get a lot of views. So my thought was like, why don't we all like get together and just like, we all like, I'll, I'll create like right now it's on Substack and I like Substack because Substack is, it's simple. And so we basically people, you know, send me stuff, send Phil stuff. Um, they can send, um, at pleb underground, um, content and we'll put it up. So we've been doing this. Like we're, we're like literally a week into this thing. So we're very new to this, like, but it's amazing. Like all of a sudden everyone's coming to support us. We're getting like, it's, it's absolutely amazing. And we're just in the very beginning of this, but like the vision is that we want to elevate and amplify all of our voices to the point where like we are, we have like a whole news site that people can go to and they can find podcasts, they can find articles, they can find like, like we do, like Phil started a, a department, it's called the top five memes of the week, because there's so many badass memes that just get posted on a thread and then they're just disappear. So like, we want to kind of put some of this stuff in like Becca from uh, Bitcoin uh, BT <laughs> weekly. I mean that, that what she's doing is so funny. I'm like, Becca, man, can we put this on the site? And it's crazy. Like I look, I, you know, my background is, is, is uh, running a, I built a gaming company and, you know, I understand analytics and I'm looking at this stuff and it's like, I hate to say it, but like, like I'm learning a lot about what content works and what we're finding is like, you know, like some of the content that we think is really cool um, doesn't perform as well as some like, you know, five, like five of the best memes of the week. Or um, so the point is, is there's a little bit of something for everyone. And really what all we want to be is a place where, where, you know, the average person can come and, 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 you know, who doesn't, who doesn't want to go to Bitcoin magazine, who doesn't want to go to fucking CoinDesk, who doesn't want to go to some of these other like Coin Telegraph or these other like places, they can come to us. And we'll put, we'll put it up, man. We'll, we'll support plebs. And, you know, the collective is literally like, I've got, um, you know, I've, let me look, let me bring it up because it's, it's, the, this is just in a week what we've built. Um, so um, let me go real quick. So the collective, the people that we've got on board so far, we've got Citadel. So we'll be, we'll be pumping out some of Citadel's content. We got Clown World. Um, Ben's kind of taking a little hiatus, but um, he's going to be posting soon. We got the BT Weekly. We got the Big Bitcoin Council of Autism. Of course, we got to give a shout out to the Chateau. Panex <laughs> <laughs> and the freaking, all the crew there, Pedro, everybody in there. I love all those guys. We got you, got Children of the Corn. We got the Taco Plebs um, and Hands. And there's mon a lot more. We just we have like, we can't keep up with it is what I'm trying to say. And our goal is, is, is to post something, you know, like something a day, not get it too crazy. Um, but like, you know, ha have a place like, cause a lot of this stuff just gets lost into a thread. It's like a, like uh, Walton, for example, he, he, he called it a pleb portal and that's what it is. And so, you know, if you're a pleb out there and, and, or you're just a, an average person or you have something going on, like, talk to us, man. Like we want to, we want you to be part of us. And then the goal is, is we all support each other. Like we are a collective. We're like, I don't care. Like if you want to advertise a shirts or whatever in your fucking articles, like, I don't care. I want you to make money. Like, you know, I don't care what you do. Like we don't want to sell advertising on the site. That's not our goal. Um, you know, at some point we'll probably figure out how to monetize it with like, maybe we'll do like a pleb discount page and, and it'll, it'll give people can buy shit, but it'll be a select it won't be like fucking sugar bear, sugar bear, Bitcoin hair products. You know what I mean? It's going to be like, 
it'll be like cool shit or something relevant and um, that maybe it's a pleb, a pleb, you know, a, a, a pleb business or whatever that gives discounts to plebs. Like I could, I, I could, I could warm, I could warm up to that. But right now we're not there. We don't care about that. Um, really what we're about is our advertisers is advertising the collective because we want the collective to gain a following. We want to put more eyeballs on all this content so that we can raise our voice as plebs, as average everyday Bitcoiners, as toxic maximus, Bitcoin maximus, to where people are like, fuck, these guys, like they have a voice now because I really think that will offset the balance of power of what we're seeing right now. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, like, I, don't you feel like there is this balance of power where it's like these sites run the fucking narrative and this and the circle jerk runs the narrative. Well, guess what? Like, why can't Pleb Underground run part of the narrative? And why can't we be the voice, the amplified voice to talk back against the narrative? And, and that's kind of, I mean, I'm not trying to sell it. I'm just, I'm just saying I believe in it. I believe in the concept and I'm just proud that I'm proud to be part of it. And, and like, I can't do this without like, like your, your podcast with, um, What's his name? I can't think of his name. Russ off my head. He slipped my mind. Um, what's the guy that you just did a podcast with? Um, I know him. Either Rope think. or Weenikins. Rope. Rope. Um, yeah. Um, Rope's podcast. That'll drop tomorrow on, on Pleb Underground. Um, and like, it's cool, man. Like, it'll be there. Like, so it'll literally be on the site forever. And it'll be indexed. And it, like, rather than it just like you posting a tweet um, or like Becca you know, her Bitcoin um, Twitter or BT Weekly, like she posts a, a, a Twitter, uh, a tweet about it. And then within a week, it's just gone. And so it's like, no, we're going to, we're going to, all that shit's going to be on the site. It's going to be all there. Like if you want to go find it, you can scroll down to it. You can search it and we're going to evolve it and we'll make it better. And if it gets bigger, um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll make it into a real site. But at, right now, this is what our goal is. And this is what we're trying to do. And I hope it's successful because really it's coming from a pure place and it's really coming from a place of like, I really feel like we need to amplify all of our voices and from, a, and like, we're a grassroots kind of uh we're it's grassroots, man. And like, you know, like we're all just going to help each other. So I'll, I'll stop talking about it, but you know, <laughs> I'm excited. No, I mean, it's, it's, listen, it's, it's good to see something like that. Right. And there's plenty of people, there's plenty of businesses um in bitcoin that are like authentically good yeah um you know kaboom racks nick from uh nick foster from kaboom racks is like one of my homies right and he's just such like a normal solid dude i mean he's fucking weird right like he's (laughs) he looks like the stereotype of somebody that lives in their mom's basement but he like he's so fucking like he's such a solid dude like i'm gonna chat with him and a couple of other people and he's like, you know, we've gotten so close that he's like, listen, fly out to my house for Fourth of July. I'm going to set off from some fireworks like come on down, bring the family. You know what I mean? Like there's that's cool, man. There's him. There's uh, Seed Signer is a great project like that. You know, there's a lot of projects that I talk about on the podcast. And, and that's the other thing that's like the freedom that I have when, you know, the same idea like you were talking about when I don't have somebody to like answer to like. I can talk about the things that I believe in, in the space. And if they fuck up and they do something that like, doesn't agree with my ethos, then I can call them out because they're not writing me a check. Right. That's the way I feel, man. I feel the same way. So I'm happy to be like, you know, build your own seed signer because it's a great hardware wallet. 
It's a great project. Like their incentives are right. Like they're crowdfunded. You know what I mean? Like they're not, they're not, they don't have VC money. Like they're, they're, they're an authentic company. And like, you know, people like them, people like, uh, I had the um, BTC Zelko on from Ronin Dojo, super solid dude. Does it for the love of it. You know what I mean? Like him and like, whoa. Uh, those are the Bitcoiners that I connect with. Those are like real Bitcoiners. Those aren't the corporate Bitcoiners and the marketing Bitcoiners. And to yes. me, like, those are the things that, that like, yeah, like if people want to write articles about that stuff and, and do like technical write-ups, like that's not my forte, but if that's your forte and you want to do that, and like, this is the spot, like that's the goal is to find legit stuff and 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 legit content and put it in one spot and and like like if we do something like let's say let's say one of these people does an article and they're gonna shill whatever that product is and um you know i don't care dude as long as it's like it's legit and authentic and it's not marketing garble i cannot stand like that's the thing too like i'm sure you see it too i can read through the lines on on a lot of articles i read for these these big sites like some of them are very timely. Some of them are just like marketing PR articles. Um, and to me, like, I just want legit stuff, like, like legit from the heart, whether it's just about your journey wh- or whether it's, you know, interviewing my, like, like we're doing our interview, whether it's, you know, whoever, like we need to get these stories out there because we are what makes up Bitcoin. Breedlove and fucking Natalie and Pedro and Dan Held and freaking Udi Weather, like, they are not the voice of Bitcoin, but for some reason, because they are, they do the horse and pony circus show, they have been elevated to be this. And so I feel like we need to be the opposite of that. We need to be the real signal. And we are the signal because I believe people, people resonate and, and are attracted to authentic content, if that makes sense. Like, in other words, people can see if it, I mean, I, I think not everybody, <laughs> but I think a lot of plebs, and a lot of, you know, regular everyday hardcore, um, you know, toxic maxis, Bitcoin maxis. I think, I think people see through it and, and it's like, Hey, you know, right now we're in the, in the infancy and we're trying to get more content on here. But I believe if we really can stay dedicated to this, um, I think we can grow this into something really, really cool. And, you know, the other shout out I want to give to is to simply Bitcoin, like, you know, those guys are cool guys. There's, I have no issues with them. Um, you know, like there's no drama there. I, I respect Nico. I respect um, Optimus. I think they, they're, they do a good job and that they, you know, they have a great signal. And so I just want to put that out there. Like, I know there's rumors that there's some beef, there's no fucking beef, dude. We're not in competition with them. If anything, they're part of us. Um, yeah, no, and, I mean, you know, absolutely. Optimus is my homie. I mean, I'm boycotting. Dude, Optimus is I'm boycotting. Guy simply bitcoin currently but i mean Optim- optimus is my homie no dude i love optimus like that guy like i only got, i got to work with him for a very short amount of time um and you know i just really genuinely like i've known him for a while and he is as authentic as cool as they come um nico you know nico's nico he's a good guy um and you know I, his, his rants are, are 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 legendary and uh you know at the end of the day I just want to set the record straight. Like I have no beef with those guys at all. Like, you know, Phil and Nico, um, you know, they, they split up. Phil's going to probably be doing his own thing, which is, and I wish them all the best of luck. Um, Like there's, we don't need to fucking, what's the word? We do not need to uh, attack each other. 
um, like plebs don't need to attack plebs. Um, we need to, you know, like work, even if, even if there's falling outs or whatever, like we're in this together, we need more signal. Like we cannot lose signal. Like what I'm so tired of seeing is, and you've seen it too, is like, you have these, these, uh, these, uh, podcasts or, or people who start out as pleb and, you know, they start to get a little traction and they get a little freaking, they get more fucking sick. And then what do they do? They're like, wait a minute, I'm going to sell out to corporate Bitcoiners. And then the next thing, you know, it's like, they're huge. And you're like, oh man, you guys are so like, you've lost, you've lost the signal. And so to me, like, you know, I'm about lost the plot. Right. Right. Like, so I want to say, and I don't mean to cut you off, but I'll forget. No, it's all good, dude. Uh, I want to say this, right. Especially on this like episode of the podcast, because you're on and like it, it tends to like get a lot of listens and a lot of views when you have somebody who has a following. Right. So I want to say this while I have you on because I want people to hear it like the a lot of I won't say all because I've had plenty of disagreements. Right. But a lot of the people who are involved in the privacy end of Bitcoin get a bad rap. And I can tell you that some of the people that have some of the worst raps when it comes to the privacy end of things are some of the nicest most authentic best dudes that I have met in Bitcoin. Like Diverter No KYC has taught me so much about Bitcoin. Like so much. And like taking time to talk to me. Like him uh Econo Alchemist has taken time like anytime I have a question where I'm like, hey, I'm retarded and this is like pretty technical. Like can you take a minute to like break it down into retard for me right me and he's too, like yeah dude absolutely no problem like this is what it means you know what i mean it, it, like though people like that get a bad rap because you know whatever whatever like the the samurai wasabi shit and like right whatever and, and a lot of people like were around for all that bullshit and a lot of people like have a bad taste in their mouth because of it or whatever but like get over yourself and like take a minute to like talk to those people. Fucking Bitcoin QA runs um Bitcoiner.guide on yeah, dude. I saw his stuff. That's a guy that um actually I saw his stuff and I think uh I forget who it was who 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 connected us. Um and I need to like that's the problem right now is like like we just kind of threw this out there like a week ago. I mean, I like literally like less than a week ago, and it's like we're just trying to keep up and it's, it's really exciting in a way, but like, it's also kind of stressful and I don't want it to be stressful, but our, our whole mindset is like, we just want to keep having fun, but like, I want to connect, like, that is the goal is like, I want to start connecting all of this together and like create like this really cool resource um, for everyone. You know what I mean? Like we, we have all these like independent sites that float around that are so good, and I feel like we need to like have some type of connector for a lot of that stuff so that yes. there's one stop shopping where people can go, okay, like, let me just see what's going on. And they don't have to go to 10 websites. You know, they, they, they can get like the basics. And if they want to dive back into those, to those sites, I think that's great because like, literally that is our whole goal is to like elevate everybody. Like we're not in this to just fucking like, we don't want to just like uh, aggregate everybody's content and then fucking 
run ads on it and fucking, you know, like that's not our goal. Like if, if Swan hit me up tomorrow and said, Hey, we want to give you 25 grand or whatever. I don't think they would ever give it to that. I'm just pulling that out of my ass. I'd be like, no, (laughs) (laughs) no, I I don't need it. Like it's It's important to have somebody, I want to say this too, right? Like it's important to have somebody like you who has seen success, uh, be behind a project like this. Um, money skews, uh, people's incentives. Mm -hmm. And it's very important to have somebody like you, who's able to be like, you know, somebody like me, like, I'm not going to lie. Like somebody like me, somebody fucking called me and was like, I'm going to give you $25,000. Like that would change my life. (laughs) $25,000 would literally change my life. Like it's hard. There there comes a, a moral you know, a moral moment where you have to like weigh your integrity when something like that falls in your lap. And I've been there in business in the past. Like I've been in business for myself for 12 years. You know, there's been times where like I've asked to do moral, I've been asked to do morally questionable things uh, for like more money than I had ever seen. And it's hard. Like, dude, this, hold on. That's, that story is completely off topic. Give me one second to wrap up my original thought. My original thought that I want to wrap up is just that you're absolutely right. There needs to be a place that's a hub where people can connect to this information that they need. It's a fucking crime against humanity that when I want to send somebody something like uh, Minings for the Streets, which was an article that Divert and OKYC wrote probably two years ago, three years ago, uh, I have to like hit up Diverter and be like, yo, where can I get that? like article because <laughs> i need to forward it to somebody like right that that's a fucking crime like people should be able to easily access that shit right. um so like fuck what the fuck was i just talking about i lost see how bad i am my, it's all my good, fucking dude. brain's mush bro. i do it too um but yeah like there should be a place where people can access all this information well what you're saying too about that like that was that's literally like my personal goal in this is like, so my writing has been scattered around. Like I have some on medium, I have some on hacker noon. I have some on, you know, some other sites that I did shit with. I don't even know where it's all at is what I'm trying to say. And, you know, I've tried to kind of, at least I know where the hacker noon stuff is. Um, but like, I just got mad. Like I tried to like one day I was like, Oh, I'm going to put this all on medium because that's what I had. I, I, I wasn't at the Substack level yet. And or I didn't sign up an account at Substack. And, but I hate medium. I fucking hate medium. And, uh, and so I was like, I'm not going to do this. It's too much work. And so then I thought about it for a long time and I actually reserved the pirate beach bum Substack, And then I started the pirate beach bum Substack, And then the next thing I know I'm doing it for simply Bitcoin. And I'm like, here I am. I'm doing it again. I'm fucking like, I just want people to read stuff. And so that's where this comes from. And, and to just be really clear, Phil and I, like, we don't, we're not going to, we don't want, like, we don't, we don't like what we want is plebs to read it. That's what our goal is. Like, we want to also, we want to elevate and give, give props to like the memers. Like there's so many fucking I don't want you to call them meme gangs or whatever, meme posses. Meme crews. Meme crews out there that are so fucking funny. And so like, you know, Ann Hans, uh, I think you know who Ann Hans is. He's yeah, yeah, yeah. he's a meme tar. He's our, he's our meme consultant. And so like, you know, our goal is, is to literally put out the top 
five memes that we saw during the last week. And unfortunately the cut is five. Cause you know, there's a shit ton more than five, but like the dude just last night, he sent me some fucking shit that like, I'm laughing my ass off. And so like, like we put that out last Friday and I looked at the views on it and I was like, holy shit. But my goal is, is also to give the memers who are making this shit, the credit and linking to them. You know what I mean? Cause they, the ones who deserve link, the, the credit. So like their shit, they put it up on Twitter and it goes around, it goes viral and everybody likes it and it's just gone, you know? And so like, I don't know, like I want to give them fucking, I want to elevate them. I want to elevate fucking like even the guy you're talking about. I'm interested in that article. Like I want technical stuff like that. I want people to come in and I don't want fucking advertorial. I'll be honest with you. I don't want advertorial. I want like pleb generated critical thinking you know, everyone has an opinion, but I don't want avatar. I want to keep it real. And, and at the end of the day, like, like we'll figure out a way to monetize this, but really like we've seen, I mean, our subscriber list just went ballistic. Our Twitter account, like it's growing. Like we just started this shit. And so at the end of the day, like, I just hope people will see the authenticity and to see that like, yeah, we're not trying to fucking, we're not here to fucking become Bitcoin magazine or to become like, you know, a big podcast or whatever, where you literally just want to try and make sure that there's a place that plebs can come, average people can come, toxic maximalists, Bitcoin maximalists, Bitcoin enthusiasts, whatever can come. The only thing we won't do is shit coins, dude. There's no shit coinery on our thing. Um, you have no censorship. We will not censor people. Um, obviously That's we don't huge. Want... Yeah. Like there's I mean, some the... big brains. Like, I don't know if you know, Shinoa. Do you know Shanoa? I know that account. Um, so Shanoa has been around for a long time. Um, and he's like, in my opinion, he's like one of the most underrated gems in Bitcoin. Well, send him our way, man. But Let's he's see. like, he is as toxic. He's like the, he's such a vicious, like toxic degenerate. Right. But he's another dude that like, Dude, I got it. I started getting into privacy shit, right? I started talking to all these guys about privacy stuff and I wanted to know and I wanted to learn more. And I, in order to do that, like, I was like, it doesn't make sense to be running all this shit on like an Apple computer because everybody who has half a brain knows that like Apple's severely compromised, right? Right. It is. So, Chano is they're listening to us right now. <laughs> yeah. I'm, dude, I'm on an iMac right now. Um, so, Chano is a coder. And he like happened to be like roped in with the meme tards and dude, this guy has probably put in 70 hours of one-on-one -on -one time with me, like teaching me how to code bash, teaching me how to like build a Linux machine wow. and like the right way to do it. Like the way that like the old heads in Bitcoin did it. You know what I mean? Like he was around That's like dope. Mt. Gox days. Yeah, and he's and like, nobody knows who he is and he has no problem. He actually went so far as to set up a chat on Telegram called Linux Tards. And anybody who wanted to learn Linux that was in the meme Tards joined that chat. There was like 17 people in that chat at one time. And he wow. was just like teaching everybody how to like set up a PGP key and how to like send a secure message, like all these simple things that were like so cool that somebody who like I picture in my head, he's, you know what I mean? Like NSA hacker type shit. He's, he's yeah. not that level, but like, he's good. He, he like took the time out. There's such a huge difference between people like him and other people. Like uh, I fucking hate raw avocado. So I'll use him. <laughs> uh, who just like, they suck their own dick. 
about how like how much shit they know. Like anybody who needs to tell you how smart they are is right. not that smart. That's my problem with fucking breed love. We yeah. you have the audacity to like go out and be like the top minds in Bitcoin, like myself, you're a fucking retard. You're a midwit. Like you think you're you're not as smart as you think you are. Like you right. can regurgitate some shit out of a book and it sounds big brain, but like the people like Shinoa that have been around for a long time and don't chase the clout are the dudes that you want to talk to. Because when you ask him a question, him and Hans fucking awesome dude. Like, yeah, dude, he's take my homie, the time dude. to like, just have a conversation. Like they've taught me so much, man. And Hans turned me on to forever, dude. That dude's that dude's OG status in my opinion. Yeah. He turned me on to uh crypto economics which is a fucking great read. I don't know if you've read that. Yeah, it is a good one. Yeah, he's right. And, and he, sent, he sent that shit to me. Yeah. And he's just like, takes the time. Like anytime I had like a technical question, like those dudes are just like, yeah, dude, no problem. Like, what do you need? And they're like, walk me through it. Not like, you know, I hate when I fucking ask somebody something and they send me a link to like their own article. And I'm like, bro, there's yeah. zero fucking chance that I'm reading that. Like right. zero fucking chance. Just like take a minute. You know what I mean? And I remember what the fuck I was going to say before. So we were talking about incentives. There was a time um, in my life, right? Like right after the housing collapse. Um, and I've talked about it a couple of times, but like right after the housing collapse, I was uh, in like the trades, right? I was a carpenter and um, like I got an opportunity to work in the foreclosure market. Um like me backwoods nobody right like i live in a trailer i'm a fucking nobody like i've sat down and eaten lunch with like board members from jp morgan and like board members from chase manhattan like uh, when the housing collapse happened there was no such thing as as a foreclosure like property uh preservation industry it didn't exist and we like built that industry and I was like the boots on the ground for it. And, you know, I've talked about it before. It was like the Wild West. You know, you there was no regulation, right? Nobody was checking anything you did. And once people figured out that nobody was checking what you did, like there was a lot of shady shit that happened. And there was a lot of like stealing money from the banks. And like, you know, you had to take pictures to prove the work that you were doing. And nobody was checking on the work. So like they'd pay you to clean out a house and you just move all the shit to one corner of the room and take a picture of the room. Like it was clean and get paid. And like, you know, we made money, like we made a lot of fucking money. <laughs> and you know, the, I think the biggest check I ever got doing that was like, I think I made like $15,000 in a month. Damn. And that was like, Oh, I don't come from $15,000 in a month. And like, but I'll tell you this. I did a lot of shit that didn't agree with my spirit and the guilt and shame that I carried from the years that I did that, uh, like fueled a lot of like the drug abuse that I went through and like trying to bury those feelings, bro. If you're a human being on any level and you go somewhere with a sheriff on Christmas Eve and you kick people out of their house with their kids in the yeah. snow. 
yeah, that, that changes you. No, it does, man. So nice. like I came out of that industry and like, I, you know, I say that to say that like I compromised my morals and values for the almighty dollar. Yeah. Right. And I made a lot of money, but I fucking like, I literally had times during that like season of my life where like I contemplated suicide. Cause like I hated what I was doing and like, I hated my life. And right. I had other times where I was so fucking poor that like, I didn't have money to buy a roller fucking thing at seven 11 to eat. And I was way happier than I was when I had all that money. Right. And a lot no, of people I, don't I see relate. that. A lot of people don't know that. A lot of people think that money is going to like fill the hole inside of them. There's one thing I learned, like, through my background that we talked about in the early part, my, my slanging, slanging weed and mushrooms and other shit, <laughs> you know, I was, I considered myself an honest dealer, you know, like, and, and I prided myself on that. Um, but like I said, the reality was, is that I was, I was doing something wrong, like against the law, whether I morally aligned with it or not, it was against the law. And like, I thought I was above it. You know what I mean? And until I found out I wasn't above it. And like, it's weird when you're, when you're doing something wrong, it's like, and you, even though you don't think it's wrong, even though like, but I was doing something wrong. Like I look back and I can own what I did. Like I was selling it and I was making money off of it. And you know, Hey, that was my earlier entrepreneurial days. You know, I'll give myself credit for that. But in reality <laughs> is I was, I was breaking the law and I was doing the wrong thing. And, and I know that I've thought about this for years and like, I kind of had that same guilt. Like, you know, I fucked up. And, and so when I, now let's look at Bitcoin. The one thing I think that I see in Bitcoin that I think a lot of Bitcoiners fall into is like, they don't realize, like, I hear this with like, um, like Bitcoin, like, you know, when you hear, hear these people like, Oh, if the government came to get my Bitcoin, I would, I would fucking tell them. No, you wouldn't. And, and I'm like, dude, no, you wouldn't. <laughs> like, you have no clue how powerful these people are. You've never had your life wrecked by them. You've never been locked up. And as soon as they tell you that, as soon as they put cuffs on you and they, and they don't put them on fucking loose, <laughs> they put them on tight and then they lock them and, and then they fucking jam your head down and fucking like, I mean, they hurt you, like literally hurt you. Um, like, dude, like the game changes. So like, don't be a fucking tough guy. And so I, I, I watch a lot of people say, you know, they, they, and I guess that's what I'm getting at. It's like, whether you like it or not, and whether it's right or wrong, like the fact is, is like, it's all fun and games until you get caught or you have to like live with it, live with the consequences of your actions. And so for you, the consequences of having to do, you're doing, I guess, quote unquote, a job, but you were doing the wrong thing. And that caught up with you. Just like I was doing the wrong thing, it caught up with me, and it and it comes in it and, and it, it it comes in different forms. You know what I mean? For you, it came with guilt. My shit has come with a lot of guilt. Um, and I guess I, I guess as I look at Bitcoiners and I see how naive a lot of them are, and I see like you know the whole thing of if the state was to come take my money or or whatever, it's like you guys you don't understand. Like like you may think that you're above it and and. You, but you're not dude. Like you've got to, you've got to be able to play the game and, and, and realize and understand the consequences. Do you, and I'm trying to be a little more vague and not talk about exactly what I'm trying to, what I'm alluding to, but like, 
in reality, like a lot of people front that they're some hardcore person who no one can take their sats or whatever, but like, what's going to happen if fucking like a task force comes to your house with guns and they, they will, or they, and, or they, they do, maybe they don't have them pointed at you, but they got guns and they've got handcuffs and, or they have zip ties and they zip tie you and say, okay, we're going to take you in. And then they take you in and they're like, and are you going to lie to them? Like, are you? Are you going to fucking keep this lie going? I can tell you this. I grew up around uh, dudes that would cut your throat and roll you in a ditch. Yeah. And five out of ten of them will sing like a canary when they're looking at 15, 20 years. It's about self-preservation. And and so, I don't know, man. I guess what I'm trying to say is that's why I believe in, like, it's even like, like these influencers, we can, we can even equate it to these influencers who like, like, how do you literally wake up in the morning knowing that you fucking are selling something that's a scam? Like literally, how do you do that? Or how do you like, like look at BlockFi? I mean, I know they went with the best intentions. I don't believe that BlockFi, like, I don't believe they intentionally tried to scam people, but like, they didn't think of the consequences or think about like um, compass mining. They didn't think about the consequences and the, the ramifications of like, you know, what it meant or, or like the worst one was Luna. Some of the shit that I read, like the one that like I can just remember is a, 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 someone put $80,000 of their kids, uh, you know, um, school education fund into Luna. It went up to 300 grand. Um, and so they put like, they put the whole thing in, they, they did it through a series of steps and then boom, it's gone. And now his poor daughter doesn't have a fucking, you know, her, all her money's done. The dad is fucking wanting to kill himself because he feels like he left his family alone. And then you got a guy like Novogratz, like up there, just who's a billionaire who's like, like rationalizing this. And this is what I'm getting at. Like, how do you live with yourself? And so when you see these scammers, like, like, these unethical people and people think they're so successful. They don't understand that like, like there's a thing called karma and there really is, man. I know it because when I was doing the wrong thing, every time I feel like I do the wrong thing, like, like I feel like there's something watching me. (laughs) Like that's how I've become. And like, I always end up getting in trouble. Um, or you know, if I get, that's why I just don't fucking do shady shit. Um, because if I do, like I always end up getting caught. Like I just do. Um, I do it even with my wife, like just with my wife. Like I, I can't lie to her because she's always going to figure it out. I'm just fucking bad at it, I guess. But these big fucking scammers, they have to live with themselves. And so people may look at these people and think, oh, they're doing so well. Like, look, okay. Nick, Nick Carter, perfect example. That guy wants to come off like he's got it all together and that he's fucking, he's right. And, and if you really look at him, I feel really sorry for him. Like the dude like dyed his hair, like with hydrogen peroxide or something. And he's got like this creepy little mustache and he just looks like really unhealthy. And it's like, he's having to live with the consequences of his behavior. And yeah, in your mind, you can rationalize it and you can, you can like, like you can fool yourself to believe yourself. And I feel like there's a lot of that that goes on in this space. And, and I don't know, man, like, like, I really believe that these guys are going to get served. Like uh, Breedlove, for example, look what happened to him last summer when the bit, bit clout came out. And then all the sleuths went around and started finding podcast stuff where he's done this and that. Now he's kind of cleaned up his act and, you know, he's moved on to his new crowd. But like at the end of the day, it's like, like if you're not real, like, and you're just like pushing shit, number one, you're going to get called out. And number two, you're also going to have to reap the consequences of like 
having to live with it. And people I think don't that's, forget. Yes. And, and, but you, but it's even bigger than that. It's when you lay in bed at night and three in the morning comes like, and maybe, maybe me and you are just different than some people. Some people just are sociopathic and they don't feel that way. But like, you know, sometimes when you wake up at three in the morning, like, like you, your cortisol levels are low and you just come into this different mindset. And that's usually when people start stressing about shit. Like for me, I often think about like, oh man, like that was fucked up. Like I should have been nicer there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and I, and I, I, I try to review myself and check myself and be like, okay, am I like, I'm not perfect, dude. But at the end of the day, like, like these people who like the Knicks and, and the Novogratz, like when they wake up at three in the morning, they have to like, think about the fact that like, they're living a, they're living a facade. They, they're living a facade and they're fooling themselves. And, and most importantly, respect means the most to me. I'd rather be respected than have, you know, I'd rather have people have respect than like, like make a bunch of money and no one respect you because you did it in a, and I, I know some people think that like, Oh, if I don't care how I'd make it. No. Like if you're just climbing on bodies to get to the top, dude, I'm guarantee you when you get there, like you're going to have nobody of value around you. There's going to be no quality around you. And, and, and that's a lonely place, man. And I'm telling you, you know, what I find in my life, what I've learned is like quality people matter the most to me. Like, I don't care. I'm not an opportunist. And I've been through this before. Like, you know, when I was, when I was, um, I've been through it with company. Like, like when I, when my my gaming company grew and I mean, we sold it for a lot of money and my life changed. And, you know, I thought all these people were my friends. And what I realized was like, you were a mark. <laughs> they're business friends, man. Like we're, it was the incentives were that we were business friends. And so I think people need to actually realize this, like in Bitcoin is that like, like these people aren't your friends. Like they aren't, there are some people that will make, you'll make friends, but like, be careful who you trust and find people that, that like are consistent is what I'm trying to say, because people fucking will sell out in a heartbeat. And I've had it happen to me to where in Bitcoin, where like someone I truly respected made a very bad decision. And it got to the point where like, I had to make a decision on, well, okay, I don't want to be there. I really don't want to be their friend anymore because I don't respect them. You know what I mean? And I, and that's a tough thing. And I guess what I'm trying to say is that like, you know, every action that you make has consequences. And the best thing you can do is like, do the right thing and, and live by, live by, I don't know, like, like have some fucking ethos, I guess is the best way to put it. Like, like literally raise your bar. Like, don't just fucking be a person who just, you know, will, will sell out to anything, anybody who will pay him. And, you know, that's why when we get back to the circle jerk, like I look at a guy like Peter, Peter McCormick, he's a really miserable guy. Like, have you ever heard anyone horribly miserable? Like, have you, I mean, he really is. I mean, the stuff that I see written about, it, I actually feel sorry for him in ways because like, this is who he is. Like his whole life is literally this. And like, like me, like, like I'm a dad, you know, like I, I have a daughter, I have a wife, I have, I, I really value my friends. Um, you know, and I, I believe in like quality relationships and I don't know, man, like I, I, I think we talked about this early on, but like the one thing I learned, like from making a lot of money from selling a company was that like the day the money hit my account and my life changed, I remember thinking to myself, I don't even know what this really means, but I know my life has changed. And 
it was a really dark time. I've talked about this before. It was a very dark time for me. And, you know, I had to do a lot of soul searching and I had to like, I, I, I think what tripped me out was like, I could buy myself anything. I could go anywhere. I could do anything I wanted to do, but why was I so unhappy? Why yeah. was I miserable? Actually fucking miserable. Like, like, like literally like, I didn't want to live. Like, I just, I was like, this is it. Like, and I was like, Oh, I fucking, I got all this and there's no party. Like I'm just here in my fucking house, like logging into a bank account. And yeah, I got, you know, more zeros on it and that's great. But like, so from that point on, like, I remember being in a really dark place and reading a lot of books about money. And, and I've, I've often talked about too, wanting to write a book about this, like what number is your number? And so through this process of, of trying to find my own happiness, what I really found out was like, money doesn't really make you happy. It makes your life easier. You know, what really makes you happy is, is like family like real friends and like memories and like when you're going to die and you're on your deathbed, like you can't take all this shit with you. So if you're just in the dopamine accumulation phase and that's all you're doing is accumulating shit, like, like I see dudes with Lambos and stuff. And like, there's some people I'm like, okay, he's got a lot of money, but there's a lot of people with Lambos who shouldn't have them or, or these really nice cars. And I really feel like there's something empty in them. Um, you know, there's something empty inside of them that they're fulfilling. And I, I guess what I'm trying to say is like, for me, the most magical moments are like, if I'm with my daughter and we're playing and she can make me belly laugh yes. and like, and I'm just like laughing. And like, like, I guess through that, I really have learned in those moments that you have a bliss as I call them is to embrace those moments and really count those up for yourself. Like count what moments really make you happy because making money is a dopamine rush, right? It is. It's a total fucking dopamine rush. It's fucking one of the best dopamine adrenaline rushes there is. It's just like sex, just like, you know, that kind of shit. So it's, it's a fucking good thing. Power is another thing. I, I don't get off on power, but some people do. But in reality, for me personally, it's like really having like a good time with people. Like, you know, those magical moments when you have like a couple friends over and you guys just, you're just like, this is fucking cool, man. Like, you know? And it's weird. I, this reminds me of a Kurt Cobain interview. Um, and, and he did his interview and he was talking about, I guess I relate to it because he was just a normal dude. And then his life completely changed. And, you know, he became a pop fucking superstar. And he, and they were like, and he was miserable. He, he was going through, he was miserable. He couldn't accept it. And, and, you know, he struggled and we all know he struggled. He had drug, a drug problem, but I remember this period he sank. They're like, well, what makes you happy? He goes, you know, what really makes me happy is going into like a secondhand store and finding a cool shirt, <laughs> yes. you know? And, and, and I related to that and I'm like, yes, I get it. Like, like, it's just, I just want to encourage people to not get so caught up on like, you know, how, what you're going to do when the money's there, because I'm going to tell you, like, I made the money. I'm not fucking like, I know there's people who made a lot more money than me, but I made enough to where. Like I can be comfortable. I can buy chocolate milk for the rest of my life and take care of my family and do what I want to do. Um, you know, and I, I hate people who, who, who gloss about money because there's levels to money and I'm a scrub. Um, but like, I will tell you that like, like realize now what makes you happy. Like look for those moments and really analyze it. Be like, where, what makes me happy? Because if you think that a bunch of money in your bank account is going to change everything, it's not. You're going to be the same fucking miserable person when that money drops into your account. You will. And it takes a lot of work to, to not be miserable. Because at the end of the day, 
you can buy yourself anything, you can buy everything, but you really can't buy happiness. You can't, man. So if you don't like, if you don't come from a solid foundation and to appreciate like those simple things, like for me, it sounds silly, but like, so right now there's like a drought going on where I live. Like it's fucking hot. Texas is fucking hot. It's like hundred degrees. And I have all these deer around my house and like, I feel really sad for them. There's no water for them. So like I go out there, I fill up a bucket and like, you know, I take, <laughs> I take scraps of food and I put it out there for them. And, and like, I love when the deer come and they, they, they drink the water and I'm like, get it, buddy. I just Dude. picture you like Tony Soprano feeding the ducks in his pool. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. Pirates out there like in his boxers with a bathrobe oh, on, like feeding the baby deer. But like it's these tender moments. Like that's what I mean. Like these these tender moments that like it's just me and nature. And I'm like this little deer is like, I don't know, dude. Like to me, like, I don't know, dude. There's something bigger there going on. Like I believe that like whatever you want to call it, the divine, the divine power, God, whatever, God knows my heart. And like, like whoever you want to call your, whatever. So I don't care if you're an atheist, like whatever. God is fine, bro. I don't give a fuck what everybody thinks. Yeah. I believe I'm a, I'm a Christian. I believe in God and I'm I'm unapologetic about it, but I don't care what you believe in. I respect everybody. But my point is, is like, I really believe in energies. I really believe in positive energies. And I really believe in like, like, that energy that you put out into the quantum field, like if you're a scammer, like you're putting dark energy out. If you come at something with passion and love and like, like, like even just like, like authenticity, whatever you do and you're real, like you put that energy out. And like, I hate to say this because it's such a corny phrase, but real recognizes real. And so to me, I guess I try to live my life like that. I'm not perfect. I'm fucking not. I can be, a. I, I fall into my old habits all the time. But the fact that I try to be conscious enough to like, like say to myself, look, dude, come on. Like you can't behave that way. Like, like tighten shit up, you know? Like, and I wish more people would do that because I really feel that a lot of people are like, they, they're just living in this subconscious world where they just like wake up every day and they go through the same fucking pattern every day. You know, they have their coffee, they take their morning shit. They fucking, they sit there and they Jones out on the news and then they go on Twitter and they do the same thing every day. And they wonder why they're miserable. Well, it's because you do the fucking same thing every day. Like, yeah. like literally like you're doing the same thing. If, if, if you're wondering why you're miserable, maybe you need to change it up a little bit. You know, maybe you need to go introspective. Maybe you need to read a book. Get off fucking Twitter and read a book and, and get inspired or or <laughs> How listen dare to, you. Yeah, like listen to a podcast, listen to a book. But like, I don't know, like, like if you I see people stuck in loops. And like the only way that I got myself out of that was make breaking those root loops and being able to see those loops in myself and being humble enough to be like, dude, you can't behave this way. Like, you know what I mean? You want to go here. If you want to get there, dude, you got to do the work. And I guess if anything, like don't take any shortcuts. Cause if you take a shortcut, it'll fucking, it'll come back to fucking roost and, and it'll turn your life upside down. So anyway, I hope I made my point on that. So when I got clean, uh, you know, Everybody who's listening to this podcast knows, and I think me and you have talked about it, but like I was about six years ago, I was a vicious heroin addict and uh, like I had nothing, right? I lived in a, an apartment that I rented from my cousin. Let me ask you something real quick. When, when you got into heroin, was, did you go from like, like um, pills to heroin or were you just like, I'm going straight to heroin? Um, 
so I was like, uh, I was always a party kid, right? Mm-hmm. Like the people that like, just like you said, like the people that I looked up to were like the CKY dudes and like, you know, you were a skater. So like the, yeah. the CKY videos where it was like, no, I'm going to hang out with my boys. And we're going to like break shit and fuck ourselves up. And like, Oh, like uh, Tommy got a handful of pills from his mom's medicine cabinet. Like we're going to snort a couple of those right. and like go do some stupid shit. That was like my late, my, like my teenage and my late teenage years. And like that shit just kind of snowballs eventually. You know, if you don't right. get your shit together and like have some momentous occasion like you did where, you know, you get snapped into reality, like that shit is easy to get caught up. Yeah. So like, you know, I did. I did pain pills like here and there. But I was always like a fucking like a trash can, like yeah. throw whatever in. You know, <laughs> you're what an I mean? explorer, as I call them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I just so happened like I got into heroin because I was my my oldest son's mother, um, like was stepping out on me, and like my a bunch of shit had gone to shit. Like I got out of the foreclosure shit, and I fucking like. Life was depressing. She was stepping out on me. I kicked her out. I started banging the babysitter. Oh, boy. And the babysitter, like, used to sniff dope. And she was like, oh, I was like, hey, can you get me a couple of pills? Like, it was like a Friday night or something. She's like, no, nobody has pills, but I'm going to grab a couple bags of dope. Just do a bag of dope. And I was like, "Ah, I'm not into needles. She's like, I don't use a needle. Just, like, sniff a little bit of dope. It's the same thing. That was my next question. Did you slam it or did you snort it? No, no, no. (laughs) When I was like uh, three years old, I had um, the doctor said I had brain cancer um, and they drilled a hole in my head uh, and like put a camera inside my head to like try to see if it It was the fucking 90s, bro. Right. So they were like, your kid has cancer. We're going to drill a hole in his head. They drilled a hole in my head and they went in and they were like, just kidding. He just has an enlarged vein in his brain. Uh, It's not cancer. Our bad. Uh (laughs) But when I went to get that done, they had a nurse in training and the nurse in training missed my vein like 20 fucking times. Oh, my God. Uh, so I've always been petrified of needles. Yeah, that probably is the only reason that I'm sitting here talking. to you. Well, you know, what's interesting, though, like like and I know this because like I just for some reason, I'm thankful. Like, I mean, I I was an explorer, too, but I never explored that drug because I was so scared of it because I just saw what it did to a family friend. Um, and I just was so scared because I knew that if I did it, it would grab a hold of me. Um, and like people have this stigma that it's just junk, like that it's just like street people doing this stuff. And like, like no. my experience is actually like heroin is a huge epidemic problem, like of regular, like suburban normal people. Um, it's not just it, it goes all the way up to like, like it's weird, it's like this closeted thing but like yeah heroin i mean if you think about heroin heroin has inspired so much fucking art so much music so much freaking incredible things and the reason why is because like it's a fucking incredible drug like that's why i would never touch it but like when i hear your story i guess like i don't i don't look at you as like when people hear junkie they just think of a street person but like there's a lot of people who are junkies that are like functioning functioning humans you know and it's sad it was tough for me for shit. a long time because I went to work every day. Right. You're <laughs> like a functioning I, person. Yeah. I like I paid, but you know, there was, I'd say 90% of the time that I was like a fucking junk box. Like I paid my bills and like I ate and like, but I was just a fucking degenerate. Yeah. <laughs> like it, it really messes up people's, um, 
like I feel it like their their moral compass just gets completely to where they they'll do anything for that drug, and that's what's so scary about it. It's it. I mean, I'm I, like kudos to you, dude. I hate that fucking word. So yay um kudos to you for uh like having the mental toughness to like to get off of that because i know that's i'll be the first person to say it and i'm happy to say it i never ever would have got off of it if it wasn't for my wife yeah dude whatever it takes man i married my wife me and my wife dated in high school um that we split up and i was you know she was always i tell everybody she's one bible short of a church choir right she's like the sweetest girl <laughs> and like she never partied, she never did drugs. She always did like the right thing. And we ended, we split up for a bunch of years. We got back together, and like I was with her for like a month and a half. And I was like, I need to marry this girl. And like, yeah, you I, just knew. I, yeah, I proposed to her, and we got married. Like in the same, the first year we got back together, we got married. And like three months after we got married, she just came to me one day and was like, "Yo, I'll be honest with you, right?" There was no moment of clarity. There was no, my life is a disaster and I need to fix it. It was February. The lease was in her name. Uh, Both cars were in her name. And she said, you're going to go to detox or you're going to get the fuck out. Wow. And I was like, well, it's February and I don't have a car to live in and I don't want to sleep in the snow. So I'm going to go to detox. And like, by some grace of God, Like I went and I got clean and it stuck. And like, I met a lot of good people and you know, when that's where I was, where, where this started, right? Like, so when I first got clean, I went to like 12 step meetings. Uh, That was like by her order, right? Her father uh, died with 18 years clean. He was a vicious alcoholic. He got clean and like, you know, was a really good dad to her and she knew like what it could do. And uh, like, she made me go. You're lucky. <laughs> and like, I went and I, re- I remember going into this meeting, right? And uh, when you go to like 12 step meetings, people who don't know, uh, there's some meetings that you go into and they will have somebody who has like a substantial amount of clean time. They'll get up in front of the meeting and they'll like tell their story. Right. Right. And uh, so there's, I, I walk into this meeting in Brockton, Massachusetts, which is a fucking shithole. Um, there's this place in Brockton called Needle Park, where literally it's just like a camp of homeless people that shoot dope. And, uh, so I went to this meeting and there was this dude talking at the meeting and he's like this scrawny five foot five, 140 pounds soaking wet white kid with like hipster tattoos. Right. And I walk in and I have already checked out. Right. Like I, I, this dude, I told you where I came from. Right. I'm like this, this dude has nothing to tell me. And uh, like he started talking about like the way that he used drugs. And I was like, yo, I use drugs just like that. And like he used to tell this funny story about him, like flexing in a mirror at like 105 pounds, like (laughs) all cracked out and thinking he was ripped. Right. And uh, like I remember hearing I wasn't paying attention at all. And he said something that just you hear something that resonates with you. Right. And he said. You know, I was just that kid that like wanted to listen to Wu-Tang, smoke weed and play Dungeons and Dragons. And I was like, yo, like, I need to talk to this dude. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can get with that. Like, that makes sense to me. And uh, like he taught me this great shit, right? Where he 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 was the person that taught me that life is all about perspective. It is. 
And he was also, he also said this thing to me when I had maybe like three months clean, right? Like he, uh, we were out one night and we had picked up this dude who was living in a sober house and he was like nodding out in the backseat. Oh boy. And, uh, like the, this dude, the, the scrawny dude's name was Jay. And, uh, <laughs> he has like this hilarious, like shit poster sense of humor. Right. And he's just like, Oh, like, what were you doing out there? And dude was like, Oh, I was shooting dope. And he's like, Oh no shit. Was it good? Like, where were you getting it from? Just like making conversation with the dude. Right. And, uh, we were talking on the drive home and he said something to me that didn't make sense at that time. But like, now that I'm older, like it makes sense. And he said, the most important people in your life are the people that are right in front of you right now. And I I was like, that's bullshit. Like my family's the most important people to me, but he was like, no, 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 you're not understanding. Whoever's with you right now is the most important person to you because you could leave this situation and get hit by a bus. So you need to make like every moment count, right? Like, like you were talking about, it's all about making experiences. It's about making memories. Cause that's the shit that matters. Like, you know, a lot of people look at like the memers and shit and they're like, Oh, like they're shit posters or, you know, they're just fucking retards. And, you know, uh, Weenicus dropped this fucking absolute gem on Twitter out of nowhere, like two weeks ago. Right. This little stupid post that didn't get enough love. And he he wrote, you trade your time for money and I trade. Oh, no, no, no. You trade. Uh, what the, how the fuck did he say? It? You trade time for things and I trade things for time. We're not the right. same. I think I saw that. Yeah, that, I, was, that was powerful. I was like, yes, dude. Yes. That's like the argument that I have with people when I talk about like retirement and shit, like, bro, people don't realize that like, it's, it's all about time. Like all the money in the world can't buy you. You know, when I was doing foreclosure shit, right. My, my oldest son was really young and uh, like part of the, the morals and the values that I violated was like, I missed his first Halloween. Mm -hmm. I missed Christmas Eve. I missed Thanksgiving because I was on the road. I would go to Kentucky for three weeks. I would go to Pennsylvania for three weeks. I would go wherever, wherever there was work. And like, I missed all these things. And when, you know, two or three years later, when I got to the point where I was making that good money that I was talking about, like, I realized in that moment that no matter how much money they wrote me a check for, I couldn't buy that time that I missed. Right. I could get a check for $50 million and that $50 million couldn't buy me his first Halloween. Yeah. That's no, a powerful powerful. realization. Yeah. No, you're, you're absolutely right. It's interesting that the interesting thing that I see and it's something is like, I think your experience and my experience has taught us not to judge people as much. I mean, I judge people like everybody judges people, but like, I give everybody the benefit of the doubt. Like, I don't care who you are. And I think that can be transcended into Bitcoin. Um, you know, like, I don't want, like, to me, like the average person, um, there's so many knowledgeable average people out there, like I, who don't, who aren't thirsty, who just lurk in the shadows. You've mentioned some of them. Um, and like so many people gravitate to like the voices, you know, like the people that are just chirping and talking. And like, to me, like, I don't know, like, I think it's really important for people to think about that, that like, 
you don't need to gravitate towards that. All you need to do is start like finding, I know you all have your network is what I'm trying to say. You all, everyone has their little network and I guarantee you, you'll get more value from that and let and a lot. But the problem is a lot of people in this are like, it's weird. And I hate the word simp because I think it was overused, but there's a lot of simps in this space who they just want like to be around and fanboy. Um, these big follower accounts. And I just want to challenge people. And I think a lot of plebs are a lot more like intuitive about this, but like, like realize that like when you start to cater to that, you're getting to this disingenuous circle jerk and you're getting to this disingenuous, these disingenuous relationships that are all like transactional type of things, you know, or just about like fanboyism. Whereas I don't know, like for me, I tend to gravitate towards like, being in a chat room and I don't care who you are, if you're cool and you, and you're smart, like, fuck, I respect that. I'm not, I'm, I'm going to learn from you. You know what I mean? And I don't know, like, I think, uh, I think a lot of people, uh, there's a lot of snake oil salesmen and a lot of really good talkers and a lot of really good rhetoricians or, you know, in, in Bitcoin. And, and, you know, I see a lot of people gravitate to these people. And a lot of times what these people are saying isn't necessarily what you should be listening to. And I think it's important that that people have the the you know the the spidey senses to be able or the discernment to be able to see the difference between the two, um, and and most importantly, it's how you spend your time. You know what I mean? Like you're talking about, like your time is very important. Don't waste your time on bullshit, man. Don't like don't waste your time on bullshit. Like if you think think some, if you like, there's people who watch these. Oh, I really like this guy, and they listen to him every time he talks, and it's just like. Jesus Christ. You know what I mean? Like, what yeah. the fuck? Like, why do you need to listen to this guy? You're like three times. Like, listen to somebody who's just like, I prefer to listen to like average Bitcoin or stories. Like, I learned so much from that. And it's be it transcends Bitcoin. Like, how many times do you got to listen to a podcast to, from some technical guy who's technical babbling about like something? Like, you know, like, I don't need to listen to that. I don't need to listen to Breedlove talk about like in, in like, juggle intellectual freaking balls um like a clown because that's what he's literally doing he's like and he and you know if you look at it like the way he talks he's so fucking good at talking he can fool a lot of people but like if you if you've been around enough and you've seen him talk enough you're just like really it's just a clown juggling freaking intellectual balls is what he's doing i'm not impressed um you know at the end of the day i think you can learn more if you actually tap into your network and you tap into you know people that are just regular anons like there's a whole fucking movement here and i don't want to call it a movement there's a whole little world a micro world and the community that they say doesn't exist that they say doesn't matter and this is the this is the signal man this is the signal we are what bitcoin is man like like i always say this like these companies they talk shit about us they literally do a lot of them and we are the ones who patronize their businesses. We're the ones who recommend these things. So if there's businesses that you don't align with or that you don't like, you know, like don't fucking support them. Like literally go out of your way to publicly say, don't support them. Like this is the way we fight back. And then they start to understand like Corey is for like, well, not to digress, but Corey is now learning this. Corey has learned that like the plebs aren't just like, like as you know, Pedro tried to say, oh, that's just 500 people in some chat room. No, we're not 500 people, dude. There's thousands of us. Ten, and I think Corey said there's 10,000 of us. There's more than that, dude. Like there's plebs who don't even know they're plebs. Oh, but yeah. we, are, we are who Bitcoin is. We are the ones who are like living it. 
we're not fucking just talking about it all the time. I mean, we're talking about it right now. I write about it, whatever. But like I said, I do this mainly for myself. And also I've gotten to the point where I actually enjoy um, attacking the narratives. I really, I really do because like, I hate these narratives that are put out there and I like to be able to dissect this stuff and put my thoughts out there. And it's really cool when people are like, dude, I love the way you put that. That maybe not be the way that I'd put it, but like you fucking, you kept it real and it's true, you know? So anyway, so I'm but- glad you said that. Right. So, so that's a segue into like the last thing that I want to talk about. Right. Right. Is, and it's, it's controversial as always. Right. Cause it's me. So uh, it's probably going to like ruffle some people's feathers and piss some people off. And that's fine. Cause that like, I love that shit. Um, the biggest scam that the influencer circle jerk promotes is number go up is the only thing that matters. Yeah. That right. if somebody is talking number go up tune out because that's not signal. No, that's and the the reason to tie it back to like what I was talking about before the reason or a lot of the reason that people like diverter and uh, Econo get a bad rap is because they don't like that shit. Right. They're absolutely right when they say things like people have lost the plot. Yeah. When they talk about number go up. Bitcoin was never about number go up. Number go up is a great um, like side effect of what Bitcoin is. But people forget and lose the plot that like Bitcoin is about uncensorable money. Right. It's about being able to like take financial sovereignty. Yes. And you know, people forget that, you know, the, the, a lot of the old timers will talk about it. Like, listen, Bitcoin doesn't need any of this extra shit that people are talking about. Like does Bitcoin it? does exactly what I'll say it like this. When Bitcoin is used the way that Bitcoin was intended to be used, it does everything that it needs to do already. It doesn't need anything else. When Bitcoin is used as peer-to-peer cash, it does what it was invented to do flawlessly. It doesn't need all that extra shit tacked on. It doesn't. The reality is, number go up is, it's hopium. It's what it is. Like... Dude, and there's a lot of people who peddled it hard and and like I know who they are. Like I fucking I I I, I that's one thing that bugs me is like and I, I remember being on a Bitcoin kindergarten podcast when we were like we were pretty high up and I I remember Dieter was on and and I was like, man, like you know, you guys gotta realize like this market can fucking bite back at you in a heartbeat. So be careful. Like, you know what I mean? We're in, we're in some frothy waters and uh, sure enough. I mean, I, I mean, I just had a gut feeling because this is, you, you can't just fucking go up, like stock the flow shit. Like, you know, all that shit. Like it's so fucking annoying. Actually, I was joking. I go, you know, what's going to happen in the next few days because we've had this pump going on is some fucking buddy's going to be like stock the flow back in play. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And it's like, 
And there's people who really believe this, dude, because I wrote that article, um, Stock to Flow is Canceled. And uh, because I just like these people, they're like a fucking cult. Like they really believe this and they don't even know what they're talking about. Like, how can something fail completely? But then you're like, oh, no, it's within the standard deviation of like 30 to 60 percent. You're like, <laughs> like, well, if nothing would fail then. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and, and my whole point of all this is you don't need any of that. Like, you just need to understand what you just said. Immutable, hard money, censorship, re- censorship resistant, um, you know, deflationary. Um, the, the, there's some, the sound money is sound money. And that's why we're here. And, and like you said, it's interesting that you say this too. Like, I mean, there, you know, it's great that people are working on Bitcoin, but like at the end of the day, like it doesn't need to be changed. You know, it can, we can add, we can add, you know, some, some other solutions like lightning and other things like that. But at yeah, the end levels of the day, are fine. Like level two, level three, just right. leave the base layer alone. The base layer right. does everything it needs to do and does not need to change. Oh, but this and that and and this and that and this and that. It's like, no, like you don't understand. It's like, it's like you don't if it's not broken, you don't need to fix it and you don't need to over-engineer something. Because when you start doing that, you start getting all these commits and all this, you know, it just fucks shit up. So the base layer of Bitcoin is the mousetrap. Right. Yeah, you're right. It's the mousetrap. You people hate it dude you don't need you cannot build a better mousetrap people have tried right. it doesn't well, they, happen the one thing i find funny is like we're watching like you know every cycle we see this eth um ethereum goes you know starts gaining traction um and we saw we see you know ethereum is just a pile of shit that really is it, the reason why there's so much money in it in my opinion is because the vcs and and, and, you know, institutional investors are now um, investing in it, um, thinking that, you know, Web3 is, is going to be like the next best thing. And like, anybody so with half a brain just invests in it because they know it's unregistered securities and they can do all kinds of shit they can't do in the regular business world. That's a great, that's also a great fucking, Bitcoin has some of those properties too. You know, like you, there's no 30 days fucking, uh, what, I forget what the law is called, but like you can sell Bitcoin uh at a loss and then just buy it back the next day you know <laughs> for, yeah for, like the these things will get sorted out but yeah i mean i don't know like to me like the one thing that they can't the shit coiners can never take away is that like when bitcoin tanks everything tanks so fuck you motherfuckers <laughs> yeah absolutely the bitcoin other thing, leads the dance the other thing too with like the whole bitcoin does what it's supposed to do there's not and there's more now than there was a year ago uh and it's really good to see but i don't think there's enough emphasis on uh the problem that kyc presents with bitcoin right um and it doesn't help when you have people like Dieter who are like you were kyc at birth like you're again, like the plot is lost. Bitcoin was invented to circumvent the financial system. Right. Bitcoin, Satoshi didn't invent Bitcoin for you to be like, okay, now give me your social number so you can buy some Bitcoin. Yeah. Like, you know, and I hope to see a lot of the solutions like get better and, you know, meet a miner. There's plenty of them out there. 
and they're always looking to like sell some sats like you should be stacking some bitcoin that isn't like traced to your cattle number freedom that you right. think because Bitcoin if shit gets you, as ugly as some people only is afforded get, to you like, if it isn't connected to you true so yeah. you know there's there's a lot to be said for like you know like the dude that i was talking about that taught me linux like he's been living on a bitcoin you know people talk about like oh get on zero and live on a bitcoin standard like there's some of these fucking old heads that have been around for a long time who've been living on a fucking Bitcoin standard for a decade. Right. Like, and they don't go to Coinbase to buy their Bitcoin. No, no. Like their shit is all like transactional. Like that, that dude that taught me Linux, he's a coder and he only works for Bitcoin. Only. That's cool. He gets paid in Bitcoin. He pays all of his shit in Bitcoin. Like that's how he lives his life. And he, you know, he's, he is right in line with everything we just talked about is like, I don't need Bitcoin to do anything other than what it's been doing for the last decade. Right. Like it's worked perfectly fine up to this point and it doesn't need all of that extra like vomit on top of it. Right. Let me clarify something on get on zero because I've, I've gone against, I've, I've been a big advocate of the hashtag get on zero crude. That's different than people who like they hijacked that. Like those fucking monkeys hijacked that and they made it into some catchy hashtag and they were out there like fucking telling everyone to get on zero, which is fine. I have no problem with that. But when you start attacking people who are like, look, I can't do that. And then they're like calling them shitcoin, uh, you know, fiat shitcoiners and all this stuff. And they're like, like, dude, that's just dangerous. Like yeah. let people do whatever the fuck they want. Everybody's life is different. Like, don't be a fucking like, don't. Don't go shill that shit so you can get on podcasts and 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 you can be some fucking catchy little guy that's fucking, you know, trying to make a following and, and like a, and sell it like a used car salesman. Because quite honestly, I respect anyone who is living on the Bitcoin standard. And there's a lot of them who don't fucking sit there and front and flaunt it. And like to me, like it's not about that. So that's my beef with the get on zero. It was more of the the fucking monkeys like JW and laser. I took a lot of heat because Laser was supposed to come on the podcast. Yeah. And I canceled on him. Good. I'm glad you did, no. dude. That dude's a fucking monkey, dude. Like I I like I tried to talk to him. Like I I actually thought he was a nice guy and then like I he really started ramping up that shit and and I told him I'm like, dude, like the market could turn around and you're just like like and and he has his friends and they still defend it. And I'm like, dude, how can you defend getting on fucking zero at like 55, 60 K and the market going to 20 K? Like, how can you get on that? How can you say, how can you even, oh, well, we'll be fine. Yeah, you will. But you could have had three times the fucking sats. And yeah, you'll be fine. But the dude that's like me that lives right. paycheck to paycheck and took his right. kid's money or took money that you know he was sure was going to be fine because you told him we were going to 100k right. and put it now he has marital issues now he has all this stress in his life because this is what i'm talking about dude. you listen this to is you exactly it. and this is why i think it's unethical and it's wrong like everybody's situation is different and it's just like the stock to flow people like you saw how excited they were like all these motherfuckers preston fish safety all the fucking everyone i wrote an article on it. i have fucking receipts for all of them pushing this shit and it's like there's no accountability you never heard these people go oh well dude sorry i was wrong like and then people just still follow them like fucking sheep like they're fucking 
some gods. And it's like, fuck you. Just because you have a hundred thousand followers doesn't mean shit. You're wrong all the time. I've been here for a long time. I've watched you fucking come in and start this shit. Like, I'm not going to say like, I don't respect some of these people. I just wish they had the fucking like, uh, what's the word? The, the humility to be like, yeah, I was wrong. I probably wouldn't have, I shouldn't have done that. I won't do that next fucking cycle. Um, and they probably won't. And then the thing about laser is he fucking deleted his account and oh, then he came back. back. Yeah, he came back, but like, how embarrassing! Like, he came back, and then we all called him out because, again, fuck with the plebs, right? Yeah. He came back, and then people dug through his profile that he came back on and realized that he was literally commenting on his own shit as laser, like dude, pretending he, fucking, he was like, someone else. He fucking talks about sunning his butthole or his balls or whatever. I mean, dude, that's fucking weird. Like, I don't care. Like, sun it, but like, don't fucking come here. And- <laughs> Like, you know, fucking like, sun it, bro. I just don't need to hear about it. You know, you know I mean? like sun it. Like, and I'm sure maybe, maybe if I fucking was sitting on a rock, I'd, I'd still wouldn't fucking do it. I would feel awkward. It would feel really awkward. And I'd probably get a sunburn and I'd fucking walk with a fucking bow leg, bow leg for a fucking while. But my point is, is that's the thing is these people, they just get on here and they get these followings and fucking, and then people think they're the signal and they're like little fucking, like, I don't know, these, they're like, uh, the Pied Piper, who's who's playing the yes. flute, lead, leading the fucking cats out of the city. And I, and I feel like there's a lot of that in Bitcoin. And I feel there, that clubs are getting smarter. Um, you know, Maxis, are, all of all of us, regular, whatever you want to call it. I'll just call us plebs. Plebs are all getting smarter. And at the end of the day, we got to look out for each other. Like, literally, we should look out for each other. And sometimes, like, it's what I love, what I fucking love is people who come come to me and they're like, dude, I used to fucking hate you. <laughs> like, you, you just always shit on stuff. You and and like now, like I realize, like I should have been listening to you. And I'm like, dude, I don't really care if you're listening to me. I'm just trying to fucking like be real. Like I I got fucking I got fucking caught up into fucking bad signal at times. And so that's where this comes from. It comes from my own personal experience of getting hosed because I listened to some of these fucking monkeys. And then you know. The, the, the market turns south and then they go bye-bye and then you're like, oh, uh, 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 you know, and that's why all of this stuff, NGU, all this stuff, it's fun. I get it. Like I get the passion. I get how we all get caught up. But at the end of the day, dude, you are your own person and no one's going to be there for you uh, to tell you, sorry, no one's going to fucking, no one's going to be there to pay your bills. If you fuck up, like you have one chance with this thing, you have to fucking stack at the right times. You have to learn how to fucking like literally secure that shit and custodian it so that you can save it for 10 years. And that's a big responsibility because like in two years you forget shit. So if you aren't constantly like paying attention and sharpening the sword and like, like literally learning and evolving and, and like, I mean, cause maybe you stored your Bitcoin a certain way in 2000 and you know, like 14, but we're in 2022 or like and Francis is a big one about this. Francis Polio. I really like him. He's a, he's a, he's a very, he's an interesting guy. Like I don't agree with everything he says, but I have a lot of respect for him. Um, the one thing that he always says is, is that like with setups, I know everyone pushes multi-sig and all this stuff. And, and he's like, you know, like multi-sig is great, but for personal use, that's a lot for some. Multi-sig's to- a shit going in my opinion. Yeah. Like, I mean, <laughs> single sig is fine, bro. Yes, Listen, you're I'm not you. like, nobody's coming for your fucking no nobody with the capability to crack a bitcoin seed is like coming right. for your Bitcoin. and i'm i'm that's that's exactly what i'm trying to say and i i really like that like i i just i mean at the end of the day 
you know, everybody's going to overcomplicate stuff. I mean, I use, I use both and, and I, I appreciate both. I know how to use both, but I'm not like a wizard on it, but I see how fucking multi-sig could really trip you up 10 years later. Um, I see, you know what I mean? You got to keep this shit simple. You got to fucking, and you constantly got to have a plan and you got to also either write down your plan or, or at least have it somewhere so that you can like go back to it and like remember it because dude, that's how people fuck up. And that's back to my whole point is like, you have one chance, so make it worth it. So anyway, but I catch a lot of flack because like, like, uh, one of the memers, uh, buddy of mine, BTC Padre, um posted a poll the other day where he was asking like do i just buy a bunch of bitcoin or should i secure some land for me and my family and like stock up some like some stakes in my freezer and like you know take care of some like real life things and like i caught some flack because i commented on it and i'm like bro buy the land fill your fucking freezer like And he was like, oh, somebody commented on it. And I'm like, that's all great, but you can have 10,000 Bitcoin. And if there's no stake to buy, your 10,000 Bitcoin ain't going to buy you the stake that you can't buy. Right. And that like having a piece of land and like learning to be self-sufficient and sovereign, like on a different level for you, especially like when you have offspring, like for you and for your kids, that shit, like we were talking about, that's the priceless shit. You're going to make priceless memories on that little piece of land that you bought. And you're going to be able to take your kids there and teach them things and learn things with them. All that shit that you're going to do. You're net. I promise you, you're not going to wake up in 10 years and say, man, I would trade all those memories with my kid to have another half a Bitcoin. Well, and you're absolutely right. And that's something that I, trip out on a lot of people's opinions on this because there are some very strong opinions about like not owning it not owning a house or not owning land or whatever and i so I, whack i think it's the fucking dumbest shit ever because i'll be the first one to tell you your number your, your amount of bitcoin your mom your numbers your amount of money you have in the bank like it's just a fucking number dude and that's all it is is a number yes it's tangible Yes, you can go spend it, but if you're not willing to spend it on your life to improve your life and to give yourself a home, like, like I love owning a home. Like I love owning, I have a condo, like, and I'm in a different position than most people. And I'm not trying to like brag about this stuff. I'm just saying like, I preferred to put my money into those things because I really like my, my condo that's in, in Florida on the beach, like, dude, the amount of time that I spend with my daughter, fucking building sandcastles, surfing, you know, kiteboarding out front, like just fucking stand up paddling, like, uh, looking at sea life, like, dude, like every time I'm out there, I go like, this place is going to make me live longer. Cause you know why I'm not focused on money. I'm actually enjoying life. I'm actually out here. Like, this is what I love. And it's, it's literally going to make me live longer. And like, so having a bunch of money in a bank and having this idealistic value that you put on your Bitcoin, if that's your 24 seven focus, like, I'm sorry, but it, you're going to have a tough life, you know? And luckily I have a, a home here in Texas, which is my primary residence. And I get to come back out here and I live out in the country. And I, now I don't have a homestead type site, but we have a lot of space and you do like, I have a, I have an, uh, a, a, I, I love uh, compound bows. And so I have an archery range out back that, 
I made, you know, and I go out there and I shoot. Um, I have, I have a gun range down the way I go shoot my guns. Um, and when I'm back here, I focus on that kind of stuff. And it's like, to me, like, I try to not be so hyper-focused on like, oh, I'm going to fucking, you know, have fucking five billion dollars when when bitcoin goes to x amount you know what i mean like that should not be your focus like your focus should be like you said your sovereignty and your happiness like spending time creating a life for your family creating and i think some of these some of these young people they just they're lost in the they're lost in the numbers of like i mean dude some of these fucking people spend money on fucking nfts that is like like what are you fucking doing like go to a fucking go outside you know (laughs) like literally like go buy yourself a fucking ice cream that's going to be have more value than an nft that you can trade on some fucking bullshit site i don't know dude but the we're getting into the weeds way, <laughs> like the yeah the simplest thing that i'll say to like to, to kind of wrap up that thought is like you, you know when i when i boil it down in my simplistic caveman mind right i'm either paying my mortgage or i'm paying somebody else's yeah that's a good way to put it like what do you want to do do you want to be, oh, well, you know, if you own, you know, you don't really own your property, the government owns it and you pay tax. That's great. But I can tell you this, my landlord isn't going to call me tomorrow and tell me I can't have rabbits. Right. That's not going to happen. So like there is, yeah, there's degrees to like sovereignty and all that shit. But like, you know, I don't, I don't answer to, as long as my bills are paid, I don't answer to anybody. And that's like, fucking huge like we yeah, have this dude. place and we have another uh i have a camp up in maine oh that's dope and like my camp up in maine's in the middle of fucking nowhere there's nothing up there but it's just like if you really want to like connect with nature yeah. it's in a town of like 40 people there's nothing so important so i can take my kids up there and like you know we live in a pretty small town but like it's not that small so like I can take them somewhere and be like, look, this is like what the natural world looks like. Right. Like this is like you can walk out the door and like point into the woods. And I can tell you right now, you can walk in that direction for five hours and never see another human being. That's fucking like, cool, dude. There's something to that. Like and we've lost that a lot in the in into like the modern world. And like I see a lot of that bleed over into Bitcoin and we're addicted, you know, I, dude. We're so addicted to like, like even I see it in myself. It drives me fucking nuts. Like, you know, like you'll get into fucking Twitter or something that's going on on Twitter and you just become so hyper-focused into this weird fucking loop. It's like, and you just keep checking. Oh yeah. When this guy, oh fuck yeah. I like that fucking all oh, that. Oh, my homie, look at that meme. That's fucking cool. And you just get caught into this and you're just like, oh, let me check my phone. Let me check my phone. Let me check my phone. And it's like, like you become into this subconscious loop. And, and so like, I try to con I try to go from being living subconsciously to being more conscious of what I'm doing. And when I notice myself getting caught in that loop, that's when I literally will like put my phone in the house and I'll walk outside because I got to get away from it. It drives me fucking nuts. And, and it's what you're saying is like, yeah, like having a place like that, that's way out there and reconnecting with nature with no signal Like, dude, it forces you to get out of the fucking loop that we live in. And it makes you actually like ground and actually, dude, like the other thing too, that's strange is we live in a society, like 
like I'm a real person that really believes in energies and, and like being able to like, that's how I believe my senses are. Like, I believe everyone throws off energies and we live in this society where, um, you know, where we have all these different frequencies that are being pushed at us from people, from like, um, from wireless networks, from 5g. And you notice like when you get to a city, like you can feel almost the buzz, like you can feel the vibe, oh, like yeah. the vibration of the city. And it's like, boom, boom, boom. I used to tell my wife when we lived in Austin, um, you know, we lived in, we lived in a beautiful house there. And um, I just, I told her, I just, I can feel the city. It's just, it's like, I feel this, like I called it the hive. It feels like the boom, boom, boom. And so we moved out here to the country and I like a whole different vibe. Like it's totally quiet, like at night. And it's like, there's, they're really big about um, no street lamps. So we have like real darkness at night. And so when I go from here to my condo, which is like fucking beach condos, it's a fucking hive dude. And I'm back there and I can feel it. And I, my, my baby, like she, she can't sleep as well. And I tell my wife, I said, well, think about it. Like, we just like came from like the, the country where the, the energy is so chill. It's so grounding out there. And now we're in a place where like, there's people on top of people on top of people there's 50 wireless networks in fucking a matter of like you know 100 feet and yep. it's like there's an effect to that and i think people have 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 kind of subliminally um like shut off and and don't think about this they don't understand like me i try to turn off my phone um i try to put it on airplane mode and put it away from my head um my my baby like I literally will turn off the wireless on her side of the house. Um, we notice a difference and, and like people don't realize this, but energies are fucking super important. And so you got to be very careful of the people you put yourself around the environments you put yourself around because it's all energy, man. It fucking is all energy and negative energy or certain energies can, can bring out certain behaviors in you. And so for me, when I get back to nature, I really ground out and, and my creativity flows. I sleep better. I fucking think better. Um, and so a lot of times, yeah, like it's, it's really hard to get out of the feedback loop of Twitter and of, of Bitcoin. Um, but I find myself when I get out of it is where I come up with the best ideas. And then I come back and like, I fucking write something in 10 minutes and I, and like, I, it makes me happy. That's what, that's what, I don't know. That's what makes me happy. Whatever makes you happy maybe try that, you know, maybe, maybe disconnect. I know you're super one with land and, and like, I, I see your photos of, you know, you're fucking the real deal when it comes to like, I see your like your chicken processing and shit like that's fucking real shit, dude. And like, to me, like that's, that's like taking your mind out of the, like Twitter doesn't mean anything when you're fucking sitting there killing chickens for your food, you know, what I mean? <laughs> like, like that's about as real as it gets, you know? so yeah we yeah, uh, we actually uh we spend nine days in florida uh in clearwater oh really uh, clearwater's cool man on right on the week of thanksgiving every year you know where dunedin is or dunedin that's that's actually where we go i love that place dude that place is the coolest place there man <laughs> it's um, magical so my sister-in-law lives there oh that's a special place man she works for a huge tech company in uh in clearwater really and uh yeah cybersecurity thing the one that uh kevin mitnick's involved with um oh, that's cool but anyway um we spend nine days there and by like day five i'm like 
there it's just it's too much the houses right. are on top of each other yeah, yeah. there's I fucking understand. people everywhere i'm like i just need to like i just want to sit out in the backyard and like listen to the tree frogs yeah i know i know the feeling man like i i totally get that like i get all spun up when i'm in a city too long i can visit but like i can't be around there's way too much, especially nowadays with the way that the world is, there's so much negative energy dude. It in is. like masses of people. I need to be like away from that. I don't it's know if weird. it's like an empath thing or like, you know, I, I think I'm it's sensitive just to it, but I think you're, you're, you, you're actually feeling it. You know what I mean? Like you're intuitively, you intuitively understand it is what I'm trying to say. And I feel like everybody can tap into it, but unless you're willing to tap into it, once you tap into it and you start like really like doing energy checks, that's what I do. Like, like, why am I feeling this way? What's going on? Like, and I realize that, Oh, that person is sending me a bad energy. And, and like, like, like I need to fucking like, I need to like get out of this situation. Like it's just bad energy, bad vibes. That's what I call it. And like, once you learn to trust it and you, it's like, it becomes a magic superpower, dude. Like, I mean, I'm not being sounding crazy, but like, I really believe in like understanding energies and 99% of the time I'm right. Um, you know, toxic people, you just got to get them out of your life. Like people who make you feel a certain way, it's not worth it, man. Like those people will make you literally physically ill. And, and I mean, it, it does, I know this, like, it, like there's, there's little re literal research on this. Like, like if you, stress like people will will put stress into your into your life and that stress will make you sick is basically how to break it down in a really simple way but in reality is is you can really feel that it's like i'm the kind of person i can go into a room i can look at a motherfucker and be like i'm gonna have a problem with him and i don't know why <laughs> i know that and i just know i'm gonna and then i end up having a problem with him and it's not like i i projected that it's just i can feel their energy and i and i've just always had that and i also believe that we all put out energies and what energy do you want to put out? Like, I know when I'm in a foul mood, I'm putting out a negative energy. My wife will tell me like, you need to, you need to go fucking outside and figure it out. And like, she's right. And so I don't know. I just, I think people, you know, we become a society where like, that's kind of woo woo shit and it's not woo woo dude. Like actually it's fucking, what do you think animals do? Like, why do you think a fucking animal can sense you? You know, like, why do you think when someone's looking at you, you can sense that? Bro, I say energy, it all dude. the time, like the the Native Americans, like had it, right? They did. If, if I like could pick any time in history and any place to exist, it would have been to be a part of a tribe at a time when it was like the prime time for them, because they were so in touch with the world around them. They were so in touch, like so in sync with the natural order of things yes yeah. insane and that's like what i strive for like that's when we talk about retirement like that's how i want to retire like i want to retire in a place where like i'm in natural sync with the with what is around me and that's what i want to plug into like that's the shit that matters that's where happiness lies well what's interesting is what you're saying is like so you know, I worked my ass off. Like I literally lost like almost a decade and a half of my life building a company that, you know, it, 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 I feel very blessed. That's all I can say. But like when it all finished, I realized that like, I can't get back those 
10, 15 years. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I'll never get that back while people were having like babies and doing all this stuff. So like, well, you know, here I am now I have a baby and stuff. And I think that's awesome. But at the end of the day, like I've come to the conclusion that, that I have to make decisions that will make me live longer. And some of those decisions are hard, meaning you have to cut out toxic people, toxic things. Um, you have to actually exercise, you have to eat right. Um, and so my goal is like, I want to spend as many years with my daughter as I can. Like, I want to, I, I, I want to watch her grow up. I want to walk her down the aisle. I want to be there for her. And so like, when I was younger, I didn't give a shit about any of that. And so it's weird now that I'm older, I really focus on that. And like, I really look and gravitate to things that I feel will make me live longer. And like, so a lot of times that's what I base my decisions on. I'm like, okay, well, is this, this, you want to buy a bigger house, but is that going to stress you out? Probably. Well, you might as well just live a little more simple and have no stress. That's way more fun. Like that'll make you live longer. You know what I mean? Like, um, I, I believe in traveling. I'm, I'm like, my wife loves to travel and I used to hate it because I always was so fixated on my business. And, and, uh, now I'm like, I've learned to, to embrace the unknown. Like that's where the magic happens, man. Like it really does. Like people get so caught into their comfort zone into their loops. It's like, like I actually have kind of like rewired my mind to get excited about the unknown. Like, like doing new shit, putting myself in situations that are totally new to me, um, making myself uncomfortable because that's where like all of a sudden the magic happens. All of a sudden, like we'll go to a place that I didn't want to go to. I didn't want to go at all. And my wife will go, let's go there. And then I go there and I'm like, I fucking love this, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and, and so now it's more like, I'm the one going, let's go. And my wife's like, we can't just travel all the time. <laughs> you know? And I'm like, <laughs> but I just want to go out there because like, I meet cool people, like my creativity is on full tilt. I mean, it can get exhausting too. Um, but at the end of the day, like, I don't know, that's another thing. I really, that's a really big thing to me is embrace fear. Like, don't be, don't let fear control you. Embrace fear. Like literally kick it in the fucking nose and fucking punch it in the face. Like fear, don't be fearful of anything. Embrace the fear because that's where the magic happened. Embrace the unknown. Like I see so many people and like, this is how I made my fucking life is, is like, I didn't take the safe road. I didn't take the safe bet. I didn't take the job with fucking, you know, the best fucking benefits and this and that. I like literally fucking took the harder road and the scarier road. I was, I was the guy who fucking walked away from the corporation and like started my fucking startup. Like, and at times I fucking regretted it. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> but like, if I didn't do that, I wouldn't be here. I embrace that unknown. And so I see so many people um, like Phil, Phil is a perfect example of a guy who worked for a company for 20 fucking years, working his ass off. He hated it. And he just fucking quit his job, dude. Like he just said, fuck it. I'm going to fucking go all in and fucking he's made enough money on, you know, with Bitcoin and his savings. And dude, he just said, I can't live this way. And like, dude, like embrace the unknown, dude. Like literally like good things can happen if you just put it out there and you put it out there in the world. And I'm not trying to be woo woo here. I'm saying like, I am fucking living proof of this shit, dude. I fucking come from nothing. I went to prison. Like I have like, I'm like a degenerate by all means. If you were to have a fucking board and you were to put like, okay, did this, did this, you'd be like, check, check, <laughs> check. <laughs> and, and, and like, if I gave up there and I just believe that, and I didn't fucking believe that I could like overcome it and fucking 
like do something great, I wouldn't be where I'm at. I just fucking said, no, I'm going to, I write my own fucking story. And so, you know, it took a lot. It took a lot and it, and it wasn't easy. And, and I, maybe I'm making it sound like a fucking an inspirational fucking motivational speaker thing, but I'm not, I'm being serious. I'm a fucking idiot, dude. Like when it comes down to it, the one thing that I'm not is I, I'm not a fucking person who's lazy. You know, I'm not that person. And, and I am a person who can look inward and, and be like, okay, I fucked up there. I can't do that again. I got to go this way. And I've gotten better as I've gotten older. But the one thing like I really like, like for you, you wanted to fucking, you know, um, have your place and, and, um, you know, have like a, uh, you know, chickens and all that kind of stuff, um, a homestead and you've made it happen. You manifested that to make that happen. And dude, like, that's just fucking like, that's what it's about. Like you have to envision it and you have to like work towards it. And a lot of people think that manifesting stuff is like, I'm just going to sit here and I'm going to think about it. And then it's just going to happen. And they, they, they read that book, the secret. They're like, I'm just going to put it into the universe and it's just going to happen. It's like, no, that's not how it fucking works. You have to think about it. And then you got to make a mental blueprint of how you're going to get there. And then you got to fucking do the work it from that mental blueprint and fucking be able to actually pivot and move and make moves to get to where you want to go. It doesn't just happen. That's how manifesting works. And I'm telling you, like I am living proof that if you put your mind to something, you can do it because I swear to you when I was fucking sitting there locked up and dude, being locked up fucking sucks, dude. And I was going to bed at night. I mean, I used to cry myself to fucking sleep, but I just kept those dreams alive, man. I kept them alive. And so anytime I'm ever like really feeling like, like you know, we all have bad days. I always go, dude, well, at least you ain't in prison. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, I mean, I take myself back to that and I go, dude, look how far you've come. Like no matter what, like fucking like people think that they're stuck. People think that they're fucking caught. Like I'm stuck here. I'm no, no, dude, you're not. You're mentally stuck. Like, like literally if you're willing to get off your fucking ass and take some risk and fucking like embrace the fear and, and fucking and, and embrace the unknown, all of a sudden that's where the magic is going to fucking happen in your life. Because every time that I've ever like, like been willing to fucking sacrifice and put in the work, dude, like I might've been going towards point A and then fucking all of a sudden I'm point A is fucking you know, didn't work, but I had the, the, the wherewithal just to keep moving forward because I knew something was going to fucking happen. And then it does. And, and so for me, that's just what makes me, me, I'm a fucking tenacious motherfucker. And I just keep trying and trying and iterating. And like, I do not fucking accept defeat. And it's, I, you remind me of me in that way, like, like with the things that you've done in your life and like, just even just like, like with your homestead, like I'm, I'm impressed by that. Like, I don't have the mental fortitude to do that, but I'm jealous of that. I wish I had a place that like, like I could like feed my family, you know, if shit went south, you know, I don't have that. And I have friends who are working on that and like, you know, yeah, I have two places, but like, I don't have that, you know, that's something I would really like, but at this point I don't have the energy for it. You know, I, I just don't have the time or energy for it. Cause I know it's a lot of work, but at any rate, man, I, I, I just, I hope you get what I'm putting out and, and, um, you know, I know we've been on for a long time. I really appreciate this, this, and I, I honestly, I'm, I'm, I, I, every time I'm on with you, you like bring out weird shit in me and like, I would never <laughs> anticipated sharing this story about my past, but I'm at a point in my life where like, it's who I am, you know, like I'm, I'm proud of who I am. I'm not perfect. I've, I've grown up a lot. I'm not proud of the mistakes I've made, but I feel like they've made me who I am. And like, dude, like 
You know, I'm not going to be embarrassed that, that I was a little fuck up when I was young because I really believe it made me who I am. Hell yeah. Well, pirate, I've been looking forward to this and, uh, you know, as always, you did not disappoint. It's always, uh, it's always a good time to like have a chance to like sit down and like talk to you. You know what I mean? It's, uh, I got yeah, that. dude. Likewise, dude. Like I, like you're like, you're one of the few that I like, I, I get, I get close with people. There's I actually, my crew has been growing like, like, like because I've opened myself up to meeting more people and then like, I'll meet people that you say are good people. And then I'll meet people that Phil says are good people or, or Optim Opti says is a good person, you know, like, I don't know. And so my, my, I, I, I have a lot of people that I feel are such good people in my network now. And I don't know, like, I'm really excited about this pleb underground stuff. You know, I, we're not, we're not in any hurry. We're not in any race. We're not in any fucking competition with anyone. We're just going to keep trying to do this and build this brick by brick. And, you know, like I, I, I look forward to promoting your content. I look forward to porting. If there's anybody out there who wants to reach out, who thinks what we're doing is cool, you know, please do like, we're, we're just trying, like, we're just trying to create something cool. There's no fucking agenda. There's no ulterior motives. Like literally like we need a place like on in fucking Bitcoin where like, we have a place to showcase this stuff. That's like, I know we have Citadel and I know there's a few other little things out there, but like, I want us all to collectively come together and fucking like amplify each other's voices. Like, in other words, you know, you know what I mean by that? It's just like when, when the meme crews fucking start working their asses off and all of a sudden a meme goes viral or, or they're, or they're in a thread, just fucking eviscerating somebody. <laughs> with fucking, like, that's my point. Like we can do this. And, and reality is, is, is the, the corporate Bitcoiners should fear us. In other words, we can make them act right. We literally can, if we all work together, meaning they don't want to be in our crosshairs. They don't. So, so like we can hold them accountable. They already hate, like, this is the one thing I'll just, not to digress, but like the one thing that these motherfuckers hate is when we call them out and, and then they 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 de facto into the oh the toxic plead talk the maximalist the toxic bitcoiners it's like no dude like just own up to the fact that you're being shady or what you're doing like at least just own it say yeah you're right I'm doing my fucking podcast and I'm making money shoot me like sorry 